What's up, everybody? Regular People Show, episode one, coming in hot. My name is Brian. You guys can call me Pauly. I know that's very confusing, but you'll get the hang of it. It's all good. Um, I'm in my 30s, uh, living in Tennessee currently, and uh, we're going we're gonna to be here for the foreseeable future, talking about a whole lot of things that uh, I'm willing to bet you guys probably don't care about. But you're going to listen to it. You're going to love it. It's the Regular People Show. It's my man, Blunt. What's up, Blunt? What's up, Pauly? So, like he said... Uh, y'all can call me Blunt. My name is Alexander Miller. Uh, I work in the medical IT field. I'm HIPAA compliant. You know, I've been doing IT for almost a decade now. I live out of Florida. And uh, yeah, we're just going to be talking about, you know, pretty much a bunch of fucking nonsense that most people don't pay attention to. But, uh, you know, we're just two regular people, and this is our take on that nonsense. We are the most regular people. So let's let's dive right in. Um you want to you want to talk about the Canada stuff? We we're, were we were touching on uh, some current events in Canada. I think I think those are probably a good place to jump off. Yeah, that's that's probably with the, with the world going to shit. Canada Canada seems like a good place to start. So uh, our Canadian people over there, our our friends, eh? Um, they decided to have Zelensky from Ukraine come and visit their parliament, right? Because you know all that nonsense happening with fucking Ukraine and shit like that, Russia. Well, while he was there, they decided to uh, give a nice decoration. I'm not sure what the award was for, but they decided to award a former Nazi in front of the uh, Jewish head of uh, Ukraine while he was there. So talk about <laughs> sticking your uh, political foot in your mouth. Yeah. Well, well, and, you, and I, I like how uh, I like how um, God, what's what's that? Walking Ken doll's name, uh, which one? Tr- Trudeau. I, li- oh, I like how yeah, Trudeau yeah, yeah. immediately tried to backpedal it with like the. I, it, it's like, it's like he's trying to backpedal, but there's no gumption behind it. You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of people, I think, would rush to some sort of of like semantic argument, right? Like something that would not necessarily deflect blame, but like. It, it would like infantilize the whole the whole thing almost, right? Like it would just draw attention in a different direction. Yeah, um, yeah. typical right? media nonsense. Just like, hey, yeah, look over exactly. Here. Yeah, and yeah. and he didn't even like. It's like he didn't even put that level of thought into it. He's just like, I, I didn't know. And it's like, he, but you're giving him a medal of honor, or like whatever the equivalent of medal of honor is. There's no honor in Canada, so it's not that. But like whatever <laughs> it is, you know like like you're you're giving a commendation to a guy who fought in like fought with eastern europe in world war ii like what do you what do you think he was doing like there's there's not that many options if you look at the way like eastern europe was allied in world war ii like i think it's fairly safe to say and even if you didn't know right like let's, let's go with the innocence route and just be like okay fine he didn't know nobody on your campaign or your team like vetted this like before you went on national tv and gave this dude an award and like people were crying and like or or how about or how about the fact that it's it's a government job right like it's it is a legitimate like government position now i don't know like you know we have so many three-letter agencies here in the united states maybe maybe canada doesn't have enough three-letter agencies so he wasn't screened properly but uh generally speaking even if it is an elected 
public official, um, the government tends to screen those candidates and point out the fact that they, you know, might have been Nazis in the past. Maybe. Just you know, just, it seemed, I mean, like, common sense is, is no longer common, but you would think in, in a government sense that it, it might be there, maybe. Well, especially given the, the optics right now, right? Because, so... One, I think one of the big talking points, you know, I, I don't know if it's like, I'm sure it's not an American phenomenon. I'm sure they're talking about it elsewhere, but that's obviously where I'm predisposed to it. You know, one of the big talking points since the the conflict in, in Ukraine started, right? One of the big talking points, like like day one of, of the invasion, right? There were pictures coming out of... Uh, I can't remember that faction, but it was the Ukraine fighters that were that were Nazi aligned, right? Like they had the oh yeah yeah, the yeah yeah lightning bolt on their you know their patches and everything, and everyone was like, "Dude, you have actual Nazis fighting for you," and they were like, "No, no, 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 that's not no, that's not what those are. Those no, 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 right?" And so one of the big you know if if you're I don't want to say anti-Ukraine, but if you're if you're if you're not in support of this conflict for one reason or another, one of the one of the like go-to talking points is that like there's a large Nazi presence in Eastern Europe still, especially in places like Ukraine, is the argument, right? Not saying I agree or disagree with that, but that's the argument. And so the optics of this are not great, right? Like no, not yeah, great yeah, yeah. at all. Um, and you know especially with that in mind you would think somebody somewhere would have vetted this and been like hey this is gonna like we're gonna play right into that narrative maybe we should well, uh, yeah not give see, it like that's maybe because like so like that was i don't know if you remember but that was like one of russia's propaganda campaigns for starting the war in ukraine was to like cleanse the land of like uh the the nazi supporters over there that was like there there's like this is this is a military operation this isn't an invasion where we're clearing out the nazi supporters yeah like that happens and it's like oh man maybe there is a little bit of legitimacy of truth there but i mean like realistically it was just a convenient excuse we can we can talk about russia's motivations all day but yeah but uh well yeah no it just it looks bad on this side of the pond right like you're you're all the way across the world you show up as a jewish leader to uh, i don't think ukraine is necessarily a jewish nation is it it's not uh it's not a jewish nation like like by an, in any like official sense, but they do, I believe, have a, a at least a fairly significant I Jewish would, population. Well, yeah, I would imagine. So, I mean, if like, I mean, like most religion, like I mean, like America is to Christianity is I believe Israel is to Judaism, or maybe that's Palestine. Uh, but, but you technically get the, six one way, half a dozen the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get you get the drift of that. So like. It just sucks to, you know, you come over to what's supposed to be, like, modern, civilized Western world. And, I mean, it's Canada, so it's a frozen tundra. It's, you know, the equivalent right. of Russia, but just better. <laughs> it's Russia you light. Know. Yeah, it's Russia light. I mean, like, you know, they may not have, like, well, they have bears, too. I don't know. I think the geese are probably more terrifying than the average Russian infantryman. So there's that, too. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, shit, they have better body armor than the Russians do, so it is what it I is. I was going to say, yeah, honestly, they would probably, the mounted Canadian police would probably fare about as well as the Russian army has so far, so. Well, they're probably better. They have horses. That's true. 
That's true. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I imagine coming over as a leader, a uh, Jewish leader specifically, um, and leader of a country, and then you know seeing a Nazi get a war in front of you is uh, not not a fun thing. Fortunately, you know, I don't. I don't see Zelensky or Zelensky's motivations as a hundred percent ethical. Would be would be a nice way to put it. So honestly, I there's a part of me that's like I don't think he even cares. Like I bet he would have given that award himself if it got him the five billion funding or whatever he's. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, and that, and that's the other thing. It's like. I know war is expensive. Like, we can't, like, I mean, the United States is a superpower for a reason. It's because war is expensive, and we have found a way to propagate war as, as a means of economy and just by being, you know, speak softly, carry a big stick. Well, we don't have to speak softly anymore because our stick is, like, legitimately the biggest. Um, <laughs> it, 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 like, it, it is what it is. Like, I'm not saying that I'm in support of it, but, like, at the same time, like, you know, if we if we really wanted to stay out of your little fucking conflicts all over the world, we, we would. The problem is, is that we don't, because if we don't, then someone else starts shit. And then it affects our resources, too. Right. Like there's always that joke of like, you know, you take a you take America to any greasy spoon they'll invade because the amount of oil on the plate. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> completely accurate, though, like, yeah, it's, you know, we were I've, I've had conversations about like flavors of this and i'm i it's like my my inner my inner libertarian and my inner conservative start like like drunken like bar fighting each other about how i feel about this right because so there's part of me you know it's it's honestly like it it, it weaves in perfectly while we're talking about ukraine and russia and uh israel and palestine right like all these conflicts that are going on right now that are not th these are not like make no mistake about it if you're watching this and you think that uh, the u.s has some involvement in this it's self-inflicted right these are not our wars like these are not our conflicts we have beyond alliances beyond like strategic interests we have nothing to do with any of this right um but it's strategic interests and alliances so we do have something to do with it right um and and that being said right you have like my inner kind of libertarian who says like dude i like i don't want to be the world's police man like i don't i don't want to go to war period i definitely don't want to go to war over something that that only tangentially affects me right like it th this is not my problem this is not my land these are not my resources like that's really up to you guys to figure that figure that mess out right and then my inner conservative comes in and like smashes a bottle on the libertarian's head and is like dude like there is going to be you know like like team america world police right like there's going to be world police no matter how you cut it so do you want to be, you know, do you want to be the big shark in the pond or do you want to be the little fish? Because that's just what it is. You're either going to be the shark or the fish. And I've gotten pretty comfortable as the shark, to be honest. Well, I mean, like, all of America has. I mean, it's like, it's really funny. Like, we spent so much, like everyone jokes about how we spend like 10 times the, the budget on military and defense than the next like 10 countries combined. And like, there's a fucking reason for that, bro. Like... Can you imagine, can you imagine, like, imagine if the t tables were turned and Russia 
was the superpower that America is now. And America had the same tech that Russia's bringing to the field now. It'd be over. It'd be a joke. All right. They would have annihilated. They would have annihilated and taken back Ukraine. There's absolutely nothing we could have done about it. And honestly, with the way Russia's tensions versus the U.S. work right now, we'd be screwed. Like the only thing, the only thing that that really has solidified the fact that we haven't gotten like actually boots on the ground involved and it's not like an act of Congress is because Russia's tanks are still associated with the space program because you know you just kind of blow it up and there goes the entire crew and the turret up to the sky so you know if they, if they actually had like the tech that we did you know if they, if they were the shark in the water this would be a completely different outcome and it, it'd be pretty fucking horrible to be completely honest oh 100% 100% and you just you brought up something that I've been talking about with, you know, we're rolling into election season here in America. You know, it's it's about to kick itself into overdrive, right? So I've been, uh, I'm a, you know, for those of you that don't yet know me, I'm I'm a very politically interested person, right? Uh, so I have a lot of conversations about politics, and um, this is something you just touched on something that I've been I've been talking about a lot lately, especially with some of my friends who are located outside the u.s and don't necessarily have <clears throat> that that same kind of perspective that you get being a, a u.s citizen right um so this is this is a problem i have with the i i i'll start by saying this right when there's that inner libertarian inner conservative conflict my my deep down i know that the mili military industrial complex despite my inner libertarian being like you, sh you shouldn't spend money on it i'm like but we have to okay like this is this is where we are so like this is what we're gonna do um that that being said we haven't the issue that i have is that if we were funneling money into our military indiscriminately right and not really doing a whole lot with it. Like just being like, yeah, man, we got a straight arsenal, right? Like, like we're both Southern dudes, right? Like we, we know somebody who, who is like that, right? I like, dude, yeah. I have a whole yeah. arsenal. Don't use it. Like I, I literally haven't touched it. It's got dust on it, but I got three gun safes in the garage, man. Like yep. I'm, I'm yep. ready for whatever. I've got right? two tons of ammo. Let's go. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so if we were doing that as like a global kind of like geopolitical strategy of just like, yeah, it's here, bro. If you want it, just say the word. Uh, I'd be fine with that. Right. The issue that I have is it's not the military that's actually driving this anymore it's the intelligence agencies right i was just talking about it the other day and i was like our our constitution the the beauty of our constitution is its simplicity right and that's being diluted kind of decade by decade century by century and it's in the name of progress it's not necessarily inherently a bad thing we're adding things to it to actualize that american dream that's a good yeah, thing yeah. right but the beauty is in the simplicity in its early stages and and one of those simple things is if the u.s is going to go to war congress has to green light that war right that's the process for going to war that hasn't happened since world war ii but we have been in conflict my entire life ironically the only four years that we weren't in active conflict were during the trump presidency which is wild to me right like everybody yeah. said that 
Trump was going to start World War III and all this stuff. And Trump ended up, the Trump administration, that is, ended up brokering the Abraham Accords and getting closest to peace in the Middle East that we've ever seen, right? And then, you know, they're like, well, we got to get Trump out of here because he's going to start World War III. And we get Biden, and now we're teetering into World War III. And I'm like, who could have seen that coming, right? But, yeah. like, nonetheless, Congress, Congress has not approved a war since World War II, but we've been in conflict my entire life, right? And that, that's the issue that I have is if we, were, if we were going through the processes as laid out in our, you know, quote unquote, democratic principles, and every time we were saying as a country, yep, you know, this is what we got to do. Let's go. Boots on the ground, you know, tanks, let's roll out. That would be fine. But that's not what's happening. It's just the CIA and the FBI, like, slowly stoking conflicts around the world for, like, decades at a time. And then being like, oh, weird. We have no idea how this happened, but we should probably go in and clean it up. Right, guys? Like, yeah. And, yeah. and that's that's where it gets, you know, like, I don't have an issue with the military industrial complex. I mean, I do. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't have point, an issue right? with the. Yeah. Yeah. And the only, like, realistically, the only reason that we don't have, like, a big, big issue with the military-industrial complex, let's be honest, Polly, it's because we own the military-industrial complex. Like, America is the military-industrial complex. Like, Yeah, right. It's like it's yeah. like that, uh, that everyone has that one friend who's, like, really big and, like, burly and ignorant as fuck, and, like, you go out with him, and you're just like, God, dude, just shut the fuck up. Like, he's just constantly talking shit to somebody. You're like, dude, can't we just go out and have a good time? But you keep him around because if somebody came over and started talking shit to you, you're like, hey, yo, Billy, this guy over here just, you know, he just looked at me funny. And Billy's like, oh, I got you, bro, monkey punch. You know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah. You, you've got to have that person. you got to have the military-industrial complex. Like, those are yep. those are standard things, and, and that's good. You know what I mean? It's a good thing that we have it. It's just a shame that it's it's... Personally, I think America has gotten really good at finding ways to be like, oh, the Constitution says that, you know, the federal government can't do this. Well, what if we just built a new department that reported to the federal government but wasn't actually the federal government? Because then they could do that, right? Like, you know, and that's that's kind of, I think, the direction we're moving is instead of working within the constitution it's building around the constitution yeah, and like yeah, yeah. that's that's dangerous like that's where ironically i think americans on all sides of the aisle um have a tendency of comparing ourselves to europe right like when we want something whatever which it is, is stupid whether... which is yeah. stupid <laughs> right exactly exactly i've always said that like why would you compare yourself to the place that you actively broke off from right like it doesn't make any sense um and ironically in all these years of being like oh well we should enact this because europe did it or like oh we shouldn't enact this because you know look what happened when europe you know whatever we're suddenly becoming more and more like Europe, right? We're just building avenues around the things. Like, that was what differentiated America for a long time was like, no, we're not bullshitting you. Like, this is the document. The document says this, and this is the constraints that we're going to operate within, yeah. at least a relative degree. Um, and it's just not like that anymore. And I think that's the story of a young nation getting old. You know what I mean? I think that happens... I'd be hard pressed to think of a time in history where a nation didn't start out with good intentions and then move into, especially one that becomes, you know, like an empire. Oh, well, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
and it, it doesn't it's... get corrupt over time because of political ideology or people or money or whatever yeah 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 and that's and and that's you know that's the nature of people i think right is just like it, it's statistics if nothing else right like you can you could have if you get very very lucky you could have good people in positions of power for i don't know a couple hundred years but eventually you have to get a bad one statistically that's just the way it works and then that bad yeah. one is going to rope in another bad one and another one and then eventually those tides are just going to turn and you'll be on the opposite spectrum where you have bad people for you know centuries at a time until a good one breaks through yeah and i well i mean and, and that's the issue it's like it's kind of like the way uh, american colleges went um like back in the 60s and 70s you saw those like they would call them like the hippie rallies and stuff and the world peace and the anti-war protests and now all those same people that were doing that they went on to flood you know all of the ivy league schools and stuff as professors and they've been teaching that same rhetoric and so you see all that you see all that like political charge in an ivy league school when in my opinion it really shouldn't be like i'm not saying that you shouldn't discuss politics in school i mean it's a great thing to discuss them but i think the issue with it is you're just announced like it, it turns into, well, my view's right, not my view is my view. And that becomes the issue. Well, and this is, yeah, and, and what you're talking about is exactly what made, like, Jordan Peterson famous, right? Because, yeah. in in my opinion, that was, and full disclosure, I'm a big Jordan Peterson fan. Oh, so. same. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm, like, a fan fan, but, like, the man is intelligent and he makes very good points. Yeah, and I'm and like cards on the table. Like I, I am definitely a fan fan. Like I've got, I think most of his books, if not all of them. He he is good enough that I pay a monthly subscription to watch his video content on like any number of things. Right? Like I I really really like the guy. But that being said, this is what made him famous, right? Because to your point, I think you should talk about it in schools. I think if anywhere, schools are one of the best places to talk about it because it is inherently, a, you know, a, a marketplace of ideas. I hate that phrase, yes. but that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, and I've been saying this for, for a long, long time. Um, like what you just said is, so, is on the money, right? You should be teaching theories in schools, but you shouldn't be teaching ideologies. So Correct. if you, yeah. if you bring kids into a classroom and you say, okay, Israel and Palestine has been an area that's in conflict for, you know, pretty much the entirety of written human history, right? Debate it, right? Debate the pros and cons. Wherever you wherever you fall is fine. Make a cohesive argument. That's a good thing, right? But to go into a classroom and say Israel and Palestine is an area that has been in conflict since basically the beginning of written uh, human history and israel is an apartheid state or palestine is you know is you know a, a terror factory you know like whatever to to put your anything it's not that teachers or professors right it's not that they can't have opinions but they need to clearly label those things right like this is my i'm here to teach you facts side yeah. note this is my opinion about yeah. a fact and now segue back to a fact right but that's not yes. what's happening anymore is we're teaching opinions as facts and then you have this homogenized kind of base coming out of like you said it's one thing when it's coming out of the schools right there's one thing if you're like i went to college and, and they taught me this 
it's a different thing when it's coming out of the Ivy Leagues, right? Because they are supposed to be the best of the best. They're supposed yeah, they, to be... Those are the ones that go on to be our leaders. Yeah, doctors, lawyers, you know what I mean? Like, business owners. Politicians. Like, politicians, yes, right? And so there's this level... And I think, honestly, this is on... This is something that the American people have to rectify. And I think you see it happening in the culture wars right now and there's a big debate uh, as to whether or not we're even in culture wars but i would argue personally that it's it's hard to argue that we're not well, in, it's a in a culture it's a war media phase. it's a media it, it's a media imposed culture war because if it's not a culture war with like an actual other culture like across the, across the united states the media wants to paint it as oh well this color culture and this color culture are having issues and it's just like but like realistically if you like if you go out to any neighborhood that's poor not a single fucking person in the neighborhood sees race because they're all fucking poor right right well i see the culture war as something slightly different right because i think so here's how i see it i think you're exactly right i think it is a media cultivated kind of thing but i i think that they're putting a veneer over the surface of it personally so i think there's a culture war going on right now I'm going to describe it as left and right, but that's not to politicize it or anything like that. That's just the simplest terms I can put it in. Yeah, it kind of is, yeah. The way I see it, the culture war right now is over what what should, does, and will constitute quote-unquote American values, right? Because you have half the country, roughly, right, uh, that feels like, you know, traditional quote unquote conservative American values are the direction that we need to move, right? And then you have half the country that feels like progressive modern ideals are the direction that we need to move. And for a long time, I think, and maybe this is just the idealist in me, but I, you know, for a long time, I think there was at least an effort to marry the two, right? And say, yeah. okay, well, how do we, how do we conserve like the 90s? Yeah, right. So, so how do we conserve our values, right? Like, how do we stay, how do we keep that American identity, but still progress with the times and still, yeah. you know, move towards, like I was saying, that, that American dream, right? How do we actualize that? And I think there was at least an effort at one point in time to marry those two. But right now, I do think we're in a culture war where it's both sides are saying that side's going to ruin the country if we don't go my way now, yeah. right? And so, and I think there's actually a bit of truth in that, right? Because a big part of a, a successful empire, right? Like there's that meme going around where they're like, oh, all men think about is the Roman Empire or whatever, right? But if you talk about the Roman Empire, ironically, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the things, like one of the key components to a successful empire is some sort of shared cultural identity amongst the people, right? Like yeah, you have to, yeah, yeah. You have to feel cohesive despite yep. your differences. And so if we don't, figure out how to how to become cohesive again on the american side it is going to be a problem that's how you get things like mao's cultural revolution in china and everything not to make this like some extreme conversation about communism or well, well no, no but you make a point well i mean like to to back off to someone that you talked to earlier like you mentioned peterson right and peterson's already said this multiple times and it, it, it this is a fact this is not an opinion we are going off historical basis a country that goes too far right that's Nazi Germany. That's that's literally what happens when a country goes too far right. Yep. When a company when a country goes too far left, you get Russia and China. 
Yeah. Like, like they, they go too far socialist or they go too far communist and like people revolt. Shit, tons of people die. Like there's, there, there, there is a achievable middle ground there, but no one wants to like people there. Sorry. I should, I shouldn't say that no one wants to step up and say, Hey, there's a middle ground. You fucking morons. Um, because people do, there's, there's tons of politicians that have been trying to say that for years and years and years, but we don't pay them any attention because it doesn't sell because of capitalism. And I'm not saying capitalism is bad because honestly, I think capitalism is probably the best. The, honestly, it's the best market that exists to this day, at, period. At least so far. Yes. So far, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's the best ever. There could be a better model. But unfortunately, this is the one that works, people. Like, th- yeah. there's a reason why the world's currency is the United States dollar. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, at least for now. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, honestly, like, I'm not even trying to be a dick, but if those other, what is, like, was it 22, 25 countries, whatever that other alliance so, is? Somewhere in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the hell that other alliance is, like, go ahead. Make your own dollar. Okay, fine. You know what? Like, I, I almost hope that, like, I almost kind of hope that the world would split into, like, a fractured ideology just so America would reinvest in itself and put it back on track to being the country that it used to be. I, I agree with that 100%. It, it, we've, our focus has been off ourselves domestically for so long. Um, and and it, it's daft, right? Like they don't, they don't make that apparent, right? The average, the average US citizen who would consider themselves to be like politically active or like politically engaged or whatever, would tell you that there's a huge focus on on you know domestic policy and this and that but when you look at it it's it, there's really not like when you look at if you if you wanted to take bills passed right by and and not by any party or administration right like i just I bills care passed less. in general yep. yeah yeah take a look at bills passed in the last like let's say 30 years right and you look at okay what's the benefit in these is it domestic america or is it like foreign strategic alliances and things like that overwhelmingly it's not domestic interests like it's just not and when it is domestic interests it's small wins that appease people right like you could you could make an argument that i'll make an argument for each side right on one end you could say that uh you know joe biden to some level forgave a small percentage of student loan debt, right? And that that appeased the left. But it really sure. didn't do anything for anybody, right? Like the amount of people that actually benefited from that is are drops in the bucket, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the same token, you could say the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and that appeased the right. But it didn't really change anything, you know. I had that conversation with a lot of people who were like, "It's yeah, going it, to change everything." Just, no, it's just states' rights. All they did was yeah. just be like, "Hey, states' rights. State the, wherever you live can tell you yes or no." Yeah, right. Like I had, I had friends um, in blue states, northern states, however you want to cut that, right? Yeah. And they're like, "This is terrible. We're not going to be able to get abortions." And I'm like, "Yeah, you are. Your governor just signed a bill today, like codifying abortions as a right. Like literally, nothing changes for you." And they're like, yeah, but what about people in Alabama? And I'm like, well, that's for Alabama, man. Like, if if Alabama wants it, they'll get it. If they don't, and they won't. That's something that I think that a lot of people, especially in America now, um, well, I mean, I guess I guess probably all throughout history, honestly, um, 
it's like uh not a lot of people realize that you can just i mean i guess a lot of people do because like you have like la and new york even though people are just like leaving those places in droves now um but it's like america is 50 different cultures under one banner all right no two states are the same no two states have the same policies don't don't get me wrong there might be like like realistically america's kind of like separated into like five or six different categories you have like the southern belt and all the southern states which are typically red states and then you have like the northern and the eastern which you know the the northern you know the northern midwestern states those will be swing states too but they're usually blue or red and then of course yeah. the eastern belt and then the very edge of the west the coasts basically yeah. with the exception Coastal. of like yeah. yeah those are all blue they just all the entire northeast is blue and then like the entire west coast up is basically blue i think oregon might go red though i'm not i don't remember but either way it's like so but even though there's it's like 50 50 blue red right it's it's not though because you can go from like uh one blue place to another blue place and not all the stuff is the same like they don't typically always have like the same laws right or like you can go from red to blue and there's like 50 of them to choose from and then of course like the other the other documentation you have like hawaii and alaska like those are their own yeah. states as far as i'm concerned shit puerto you know, rico like, port yeah well, that, that was the other that was the last classification you have like puerto rico you know i don't want to say uh conquered territories but you know i mean like i'm not trying to be a dick like you might be a part of the united states but clearly like and it's fucked up to say like i i and i like honestly like i have no like it, honestly if puerto rico wants to be a state let them i don't care right like sure why not like we could honestly like i'm sure you guys have a lot of like exports and imports stuff that would be great for the united states economy and you yeah. know and if we could pour money into you and make you a thriving you know example of what the united states government should and can do for places then we, we should if that's what you want that is but right. like at the same time like some clearly like the politicians don't give a fuck because that place has been in shambles for years yeah oh i mean so. what was it, like you know uh what year was it like 2019 or something trump was there like throwing out toilet paper and shit like the place is in shambles like yeah it's ridiculous like but but we want to say it's like under our jurisdiction but we don't want to take care of it like there's there's a lot of shit that needs to change and that comes back to what i think it's like you have you mentioned it before like we're on the precipice of world war three right yeah yeah i, so I don't like, think anybody can deny it yeah yeah i mean at this point it's like because like all that really because now you have israel and palestine just like fucking each other up right so there's some middle east shit right now you have some like asia shit too because russia and fucking ukraine are going at it and then you have china trying to swing their little dick around and hit taiwan yeah and that's gonna so, that's gonna be the last domino 100 yeah like you can you can absolutely quote me on that if china moves for taiwan and strategically i don't full disclosure I don't support this. This is not an endorsement, right? But strategically, if you were China and like and you didn't move on Taiwan right now, you're just not you're just not thinking, right? Like this yeah, is yeah, the yeah, time yeah. for China to move on Taiwan. Yep. And because if, everyone else there's there's two proxy there's a proxy war going on right now and there's two nations in the Middle East which we have heavily invested in and left shit there and like like what was that I bro I saw a meme the other day. I saw a meme the other day. It was just like where did Hamas get the M4s, bro? And yeah. it just shows like a CIA agent like running away. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, because and and that's the thing. You know, there there's sometimes where you're like, well, you know, it could have been through this channel or it could have been through that channel. But I saw a meme just like that the other day, right? And it was a bunch of, uh, you know, like Hamas personnel, right? And there's no mistaking where they got it. It's an M4 with an ACOG and a Colt serial number on the receiver. I know where you got that, dude. Like, that yeah. that did not come from anybody but us. Yeah. Like, that does not mean we put it directly in their hands, right? It doesn't oh, mean yeah. that, like, they, the U.S. waltzed over and gave them a crate yeah, of M4s. Yeah. We, I but mean, it means realistically, that we, we, could, we left them somewhere and they found them or some shit. You know, yeah think how much shit we left but like and i'm not saying this is one thing i didn't particularly care about with the trump administration is like i really think that we should have spent the money to get most of the shit out of there i agree i agree you know i i think because we're just doing we're doing what the russians did we're doing what the chinese did like every country that has basically put boots in the ground leaves a bunch of shit there and then they just fucking take it and just keep either blowing each other up pissing off their fucking neighbors or some other country comes in and they get those get used against them and then of course when the other country comes in in the name of freedom this is even us you know we leave a bunch of freedom units there and so what do they do they go spread their version of freedom to other places and it's yep. like bro come on man like uh, fuck clean it's, up clean up after your sand your sandbox fight like holy shit yeah well and, and you know you can't overlook the irony of like you know there's there's these constant debates going on in america right now even even you know i'm in like i said i'm in tennessee which is arguably one of the most gun-friendly states you could live in for sure yeah. um right and there's even debates going on down here amongst even the the like conservative real real gun-friendly folk about hey should there be some level of legislation that requires you to utilize safe storage at some level right like whether it's everyone needs a gun safe or people with kids need a gun safe or you know people in an apartment complex need a gun safe right like there's there's varying levels of the discussion but across the country there there has been and continues to be a debate about at what level do we enforce safe storage because we know that if you just leave firearms laying around bad things happen right or the the likelihood that bad things could happen statistically increases right well yeah and so we know that domestically and we push that on our own people and we're like hey you single guy who lives alone and has firearms you need to lock them up because something bad could happen but if you want you could just go to the middle east start a war and then leave them all there and that's totally fine that's a different story like how how like how, <laughs> how did we get here <laughs> well bro that's the thing like the government has been do as i say not as i do since like i think honestly since i mean like obviously it was probably like quite a few years before the jfk assassination but like uh, I would say around that time is when the government started kind of like there's there's the side that we see and then there's like it call me a conspiracy theorist or not I don't give a fuck but there's the side that we see as a public and then there's another side that we don't see so that loops perfectly back to what I was saying about like isn't it funny that that changed right around the inception of the intelligence agencies right like everything was going along a certain beat 
And then, oh, look at that. We have this new organization that's not really the federal government, but it acts on behalf of the federal government so they can do this stuff because it's not constitutionally restricted. And it's like, oh, yep. isn't and that they get convenient? funding. they get funding from the federal government. Like... Yeah, and they, they, they are funded by, they take their marching orders, like every single thing points back to the federal government, but they're like, no, that's not us. No, it's a subsidiary. Yeah, yeah, or like... Like the whole the whole fact that it's been proven, like like there's been documents and evidence, and I believe even footage of like the CIA selling like drugs in America. Oh yeah, in America, all yeah. around the world, oh, yeah. like all the Iran the Contra yeah, yeah, yeah. scandal, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Like, like that. That's that's not. Yeah, but but like inside your own country, bro. Like, are you fucking serious right now? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and. You know, it makes it hard to not be at least at some level a conspiracy theorist in 2023, right? Like if, oh, if you're yeah. if you're living today and you are not at some level a conspiracy theorist, you're act- you're just lying to yourself. Like you are. You just don't know you are, right? Like like I talk a lot about uh like QAnon gets more than enough attention. We all oh, know God. that QAnon's a thing yeah, and that those yeah, people yeah. are like I, I've said it my I've said it faithfully the entire time, right? Like I, I I voted for Trump. I like Trump. But if you were following some random dude on the internet who just kept saying, like, follow the plan, like you're you're an idiot. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Like it is what it is, right? So they get enough attention. I don't need to explain that there are conspiracy theorists called QAnon out there, right? Yeah. But I tell people all the time that they're part of Blue Anon, right? And they're like, oh, it's Blue Anon. And I'm like, it's the same thing, dude. Like, you are so entrenched in conspiracy theories. You just don't think they are because they align with what you believe. But it, it like, at the end of the day, like I said, if you think that everything you know is true and that you're above conspiracy theories you're drowning in conspiracy theories you just don't realize it yeah yeah i mean it's that's the thing it's just like anything like (laughs) anything is a conspiracy theory if it's not validated right and the united states government's not really great about validating the shit they do no they're just not (laughs) and when they do validate it you get a piece of paper that has like some information on it and then a bunch of black lines like and yep. that's even after you like freedom of information act so it's yeah. not like you see what i'm saying like you're never gonna really know what's going on but there's shit going on i mean like you have the tuskegee experiments like the fucking mk uh, ultra mk ultra there was the operation um, mockingbird or uh was it mockingbird it's it's the one that where they set up like whorehouses in california and they would dose johns with lsd Oh, uh, shoot. I can't remember which one that was. I'm thinking of... So there was one... I think it, it, it was like Operation Woodland or something like that. Uh, where the CIA... JFK is the one that stopped this. The CIA and the entire military had already signed off on this and it was good to go. Um, the CIA planned an attack on American citizens that they were then going to blame on a foreign superpower to justify going to war. Or with them, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that was Cuba. The, that was Cuba. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was Cuba. It was during yeah. the Cold War, yeah. and uh, Or the Cuban Missile Crisis, rather. And yeah, yeah, uh, Cuba, right yeah. after Bay of Pigs. And yeah, they were, they were going to 
commit acts of terrorism on American soil and then blame Cuba to justify going to war. And JFK, like, it, it had to make it all the way to JFK's desk for him to be like, what? What? No, that's crazy. No, we're not doing that. And then, lo and behold, JFK gets splattered across the sidewalk. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here we go. So it was the one that I was referring to is Operation Midnight Climax. Wow. And so okay. prostitutes I love that on the name. Yeah, yeah. So prostitutes on the CIA payroll were basically sent out to dose Johns on like doses of LSD and just like see what happened. Dude, this is see this and this is what I mean, right? Like there's sometimes where like the shadowy tentacles of the US, you know, government and everything. Like sometimes it's it's shadowy, but it makes sense, right? Like you would hear about like like Gitmo. Like I'm gonna be honest, the Gitmo stuff never really bothered me all that much, aside from the fact that I know that not everybody there was guilty or guilty of what they were there for. But you yeah. know, people were like, Oh, they were waterboarding terrorists, and I'm like, Good. <laughs> like, they have information that we need like get it out of them i don't like if that's what you do you think that you think that you get trained for decades as a terrorist and they don't drill into you like under no circumstances do you give this information up of course you're gonna have to do something extreme to get information out like that that makes sense right so sometimes the shadowy tentacles it's like yeah i see what you're doing there i disagree with your methods but i understand why you did that and then sometimes it's like, yeah, we dosed Johns with acid. For what? I don't know, just to see what they would do. Was there, like, a reason for that? No, not at all. We just wanted to see what Johns on acid were like. Uh, okay. I mean, I feel like there's probably a better use of government resources, but whatever, I guess. Like, Yeah, yeah, like, what the fuck am I supposed to say to that? Like, Even, even MK Ultra seems somewhat reasonable compared to that, right? Like, MK Ultra was like, yeah, yeah. we're dosing soldiers and and you know military personnel and stuff to see what kind of information we could extract from them and how stable they stay okay that was awful and we never should have done that but that makes more sense than like oh yeah we got prostitutes dosing johns because i don't know because america 19 you know 40 yeah. something because freedom bitch yeah <laughs> like, what, yeah, the, I don't... what the fuck <sighs> dude it's just yeah the, exactly stuff like that <laughs> yeah, is yeah, really yeah. hard to stay above the conspiracy curtain, which is why, to be honest, I have to watch my words on this because someone will snip this and use this against me at some level. I am not a conspiracy theorist. I love conspiracy theories. That's how I'll put that, right? Like, I, I love conspiracy theories. Um, oh, but yeah, you have yeah, to, yeah. You have to be cognizant of the fact... It, it's kind of like playing with fire, right? Like, playing with fire is fun. You just have to acknowledge that it's fire and you will get burned if you if you do it wrong, right? So, same thing with conspiracy theories. Like, one of my favorites right now is... Um, I was I was cluing you in on this a little bit before we, before we, uh, before we went live here, but... Um, so, AI and aliens, right? Okay, okay. Uh, like, I, I, yeah, I, I want to hear that. about this. I want to hear yeah, about this. Yeah, I said this. that in your eyebrow, like, like, furrowed. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good one. So... There's a conspiracy theory right now, and I'm not I'm not going to say I 100% believe it, but I'm going to say it is at least difficult to refute, right? So for, okay, tangential timeline, UFOs, you know, like uh, extraterrestrial sightings, all that, that, that's a human, that's a human history experience, right? Like, like there are, 
like literal carvings on cave walls of yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, things yeah. that people so, saw I mean, in the like, sky and everything. I will say as a modifier to this though is apparently you know this of course could just be to do with the fact that being able to record technology and preserve history got better about this time. Um, but apparently after we dropped the first nukes, it skyrocketed. So that's exactly what I was just going to say. So tangential timeline, right? Like this is not, it's not like we'd never heard about anything before this. We have, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. people, people have been talking about it forever, but technology had advanced and just incidentally instances of which people in which people, you know, reported some sort of unknown activity like that skyrocketed after we set off the first nuke right and on its face that makes sense right like when you think about it you're like okay well if there was some sort of extraterrestrial force out there that was able to in any way measure anything in the universe right like whether that's light levels radiation levels energy levels right it could be anything yeah they would most certainly almost notice certainly yeah yeah pick a up huge on something like that. spike yeah yeah, yeah at yeah. which point they would say well that planet seemed largely uninteresting but all of a sudden i kind of want to know what's going on over there that was pretty crazy right and so that that tracks right but for since then you know so let's say the 1930s or 40s forward right the u.s government was just like nope nope don't know what you're talking about it was a plane it was a star. It was nothing. Uh, shut up and disappeared. Shut up. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, in the last like couple years, they're like, actually, it's true. There's aliens everywhere. We have pictures of them. The military saw it. Everybody knows it, right? And you're like, what the? What's with the like? Like you went from absolutely no to absolutely yes. There was no gray area in between, right? So, the the conspiracy theory right now is that the global powers that be are going to use our newly refined AI technology to basically stage an alien psyop that would be impossible to distinguish from reality, right? So if every TV in the nation, or if every TV in the world was playing footage of some sort of like alien invasion, right? That's AI generated, it would be very difficult to tell if that's true or not right if you just projected it in right so i'm in tennessee so if all if every news station in tennessee was seeing videos of aliens taking over new york city they would assume that's true right and then in new york city you can't show new york city because they would just look out their window and be like there's no aliens right so then in, in new york city you would show like nashville being taken over by aliens right and you would just basically hot swap it on everybody yeah and send the world into complete and utter chaos for at least a short enough time to where you could convince them to do just about anything right that's the one thing that it, it's kind of like like the 9-11 syndrome but on a massive scale right yeah, so 9-11 yeah, yeah. happened and you didn't have to convince americans of anything at all oh yeah 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 right we're going, we signed we're, away our we're, privacy we're, going to war. we're done yeah. yeah yeah patriot act all that we were just like sign on the dotted line let's go boys it unified right and you could do the same thing by convincing people that there was something not bound by national borders, but bound by like galactic borders, right? You could convince the entire world to do whatever you wanted if you were to do that. And we finally have the technology to where they could, in theory, pull something off like that. Do I think that's going to happen? 
Not particularly. I think people no, are, are smarter. Yeah, yeah. There's there's enough mess. They would have to like black out intercommunicate. Like, if, I guess it, I don't think it would be enough to force like a global. Um, because like here's the thing: even if you got all the global leaders together and said you have 24 hours to figure this out, like they're gonna take almost the entire 24 hours, and I think by that time someone would have ruled like any one of the countries. Like would have ruled that out. I'm sure China would immediately rule that out and go, "No, this is bullshit." Oh, almost definitely, almost definitely. So the I don't, scary I don't thing know. is, I, I just don't like. Yeah, no, no, you're right though. For like, you could easily cause mass hysteria or something like that. That is that is a given. Well, and the scary thing is what you're talking about right now. The things you would have to do, like to the the things that would precipitate this, right? Because like you said, you would have to black out communications across the world right like yeah. you would have to make sure that these countries cities states none of them can communicate with each other and can only see what you're showing them however isn't that exactly what you the average person would expect if aliens invaded like wouldn't you expect telecommunications to go down wouldn't you expect like you know what i mean all of it lines in perfectly to the storyline to where it's like they don't even have to try Right. To a it's point, a, yes, a but there's like, see, here's the other thing. There's ham radio and stuff like that. That's um, true. You see what I'm saying? There's always like humans always have this innate innate ability to have backups, right? Like, bro, I, I deadass, I promise you there's two dudes with fucking Peregrine Falcon somewhere like corresponding via Falcon scroll. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like information 100%. will travel, you know? It's just, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess at which the speed of that information would travel to the appropriate sources to stop something like that would t to happen, that would be the big issue. But, I mean, I can see that. I mean, like there was already the everyone talks about when what's his face did World War of the Worlds on the radio, and that oh, like, uh, freaked out a bunch of fucking people. Orson Welles what, or whatever. Orson Scott Wells or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that, I, I, well, and that's a really good example, right? Because that. It's the same theory, right? They used the maximum ceiling of technology at that time. Yep. Or I shouldn't say they, he used the maximum ceiling of technology at that time to figure out what the limitations of believability would be, right? Like how fast can I disseminate this information and how quickly can it be refuted? Because I can disseminate it faster than it can be refuted, right? Yeah. And that's, we, we see that happen. We've seen that happen on a small scale, in the last five years, right? Like the, uh, the, the Russian dossier, right? In the 2016 election, everyone was like, there's this, this Russian file that has all this dirt on Trump and it's going to totally tank him. Right. And it turned out that none of it was real at all. Oh yeah. All yeah, completely yeah, yeah. Fabricated. Right. But by the time you got to the point where you could say, we have proof that it's fabricated. It had already done the damage. Yeah, it had already propagated. There are still people to this day that believe that that information exists and is real, despite being refuted at every intelligence level possible, right? And so there is a level at which information can be propagated, refuted, et cetera, et cetera. But much like humans, like you're saying, humans have this innate ability to kind of like, you know... Survive. You fucking, be a fucking sheep. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, that too, right? Uh, yeah. We also have this. It, it, that's exactly what it is. We also have this innate ability to find something and then believe it, no matter what you tell yeah. us. 
Yep. You know, and I'm guilty of that. Everybody's guilty of that, right? Like, yeah, we've they're... we've all fall we've all fallen for a scam or like, you know, some some you know a short change or like it's. There's been something. There's every human being on this planet has fell you know has fell short at one time to something in their perceived reality for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, that's like uh, magicians. Like that. That's if anyone seen a magic trick and went, "What the fuck?" Like that was you falling short in your perceived reality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so okay. All right. So this this brings me to so perceived reality brings me to something else that I saw furrow your brow earlier. So I just heard recently about how if not presently and i would assume presently uh then in the very immediate future uh we have or will have mind reading ai so, so ai as far as i'm concerned presently has the ability to read minds and so what they did the reason for that is another innate trait of humans is the inability to have an idea and then stop and go this is a really bad idea like we we just aren't very good at that. Like we we just we have this idea. We're like, it's not a great idea. I'll clean it up later. I'm not worried about it. I guess. Um, right. Like like nuclear bombs are a perfect example. Right. Like okay, anybody okay, could have okay, looked okay. at that okay. and been like, this is not a great idea. But yeah, we'll figure it out. It'll be all right. That's super right. fair. Well, I mean, unfortunately, that's just like. I'm pretty sure that a lot of the scientists knew, like, especially on the American side, like this is not a good idea. But it's oh like, yeah, it's either we have it, it's either they have it, and we don't, and so it makes it a necessity. It's it's actually very well documented. There are people who were working on the original, uh, like like nuclear bombs and everything that just disappeared, right? Like people that were like, I'm not okay with this, man. Like I don't, I do not want to be a part of this. And the government was like, That's fine. You're going to be a part of nothing. Um, is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so mind reading AI is another example of something where I personally would have been like, hey, we should not do this. Like, there might be a benefit here, but I don't think we should do this. Um, but they didn't. Yeah. So what they did is they connected AI to a CAT scan, CT scan machine, right? And I'm sure that the intent was novel, or at least the idealist in me chooses to believe that the intent was novel right sure um you can map neural pathways you can learn more about the brain that's great that's awesome yeah. right tons of good things come out of that you know what else came out of that though they so they put this little you know sensor on people's heads right and it was it had ai embedded technology and they put them in a ct machine and you know blah blah blah, blah whatever and what happened was ai was able to generate everything they were thinking so the person would think about a giraffe and AI would generate a giraffe. Person would think about, you know, A, B, or C, and AI would generate it. It wasn't perfect, right? Like the the giraffe looked mostly like a giraffe, but it had like, you know, weird like mecha features or something like that. You know, just some some weird discrepancy that you would expect from a computer. But, but nonetheless, enough, but it was enough to get the the point across, and that's it was yes, it was more than enough it to know this is this is what you were trying to this this is what your brain was thinking, and this is the best interpretation of it that I have. 
but it was within any any person of any age. You could have given it to a toddler and they would have looked at it and been like giraffe, right? And when you combine that reality with things like, uh, you know, Neuralink, right? Like like Musk has been pushing Neuralink like crazy. Yeah. Um, just the direction of biotechnology, let's say. Um, the potential to have something like AI that can terrifies me terrifies me to no extent right because then then you start thinking about well how do you pair that with existing technology right like we already have ai driven facial recognition technology right like if you walk down the street in new york there is a very strong possibility that ai is rendering your face and running it against databases for any number of reasons right that's that's something we know so what happens in 10 or 15 years if they manage to interweave those two things and now you're walking down the street in new york and that camera can actually just look at you and be like that guy is thinking about french onion soup right now like then you get into this like this 1984 like thought police yeah yeah yeah, that's where it starts to get really crazy right yep yeah and i don't know what we do about this um well we just uh hopefully don't let that happen um but but yeah no i guess with the chip in the brain it's always it's always a possibility if you've got the sensor we have the ai technology it's too late well and the scary part about that is the incentive is so high right because oh yeah generally when you hear things like Neuralink or brain chips or whatever when you hear the pitch it's not like hey you should do this because you can become the borg right because people would hear that and be like i'm good on that almost definitely at least those of us that were alive in like the 80s 90s that watched like you know sci-fi and shit were like yeah "Ah, i don't know i've seen this coming right gen z i don't know they grew up with like ben 10 they're like i want a digital watch whatever i don't know right they might just buy it it. who knows (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. but you know those of us that that grew up on like be real sci-fi and stuff are like no 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 you keep that out of my brain no sir no sir right but the incentive is high because they don't pitch it like that. They're not like, you can become one with the machine. No, no, no. They're like, hey, if you're blind, Neuralink can help you see, right? Like, hey, if, if you have a, you know, a, a, like a, a verbal, a speech impediment, right? Uh, Neuralink can help you overcome that, right? Like they, they offer solutions to problems. And so it's not just like, yeah, just put the chip in my brain because I'm bored. It's put the chip in my brain because I'm paralyzed and it will help me walk again. See, well, and that's the other thing. It's like, because you know I'm, I'm a techie, right? Medical IT field and shit. So, like, to me, if you offer me a device that allows me to connect to other devices, like, whether it be, like, my phone or my computer, and you're telling me that as I speak or as I, like, think, I can input information and extract information into these fields, like to me that's almost a guarantee like yeah sign me up bro you're like you're because we're going from like four kilobytes a second to megabytes a second easy as yeah. far as connection speed and so that means like bro, you're telling me i can surf the internet on my mind like bro, yeah you're turning me into a human sql server like, yeah 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 like i would please i would i would kill for that because like like how many cores do i actually have like let's figure this shit out you know can yeah, i have right. multiple tabs going like can it do i have the mind like I would I would deep dive into that shit. 
and that's because well, it's i guess that's the issue <laughs> it's it's naturally appealing right to strip away the limitations of being human right like like the the effect that that has on aging right like your body might still age like we're not we're we're nearing a point with uh like like some of these infusions and things that you can get like the nac i think it is infusions or oh whatever, the that, nad that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah nad yeah that yeah. like actually reverses aging we're getting to a point where we can kind of mitigate the physical effects of aging but what you and i are talking about right now like on the cognitive side right this has huge implications on human limitations right because if you effectively turn yourself into like i said like a human sql server things like alzheimer's go out the window right like memory like like cognitive memory functions and things like that unless unless your quote unquote database is corrupted it's just a call and retrieve function right and so yeah you'll always be as sharp as you are today in fact sharper because the database is growing right yeah so that's that in itself like like i said if you offer somebody the ability to strip away the limitations of being human you would be hard pressed to find someone who can't see a little bit of value in that right and that's where you get to i find myself very torn and all that right because i too see the attractive nature of hey you want to take your limitations and just kind of get rid of them right and then on the other hand there's like my inner humanist for lack of a better word i guess right and like again like you know for those of you that don't know me i you know I, i'm a i'm a religious man right and so i'm i'm like i you know i think i just i have a I have a defined kind of set of limitations. I have a defined time here. And all of that is part of a larger kind of plan that I'm not meant to intervene. in. And so, you know what I mean? For me, it's easy enough to rationalize like, yeah, it'd be really cool to strip those limitations, but I don't really think I'm supposed to do that. But if you don't have, if you don't have something like that, right? Like some, deeply personal reason that you don't think you should do it the obvious answer is to do it why wouldn't yeah. you right yeah like yeah, yeah. you'd be an idiot to pass it up yeah 100 percent. and it's i don't know man i think because like I, I feel like the older i get the less i kind of give a fuck especially yeah. like, especially when you get to the point where like if you can support yourself financially and you got a family and all that like it's like you know they have like grandkids and she's like yeah sure you can see your grandkids but you're telling me like this is gonna help me stay alive longer to see those kids and like yeah I can be sharp as a tack i can always help them with my homework like with their homework and shit like that's, that's the thing it's like if you tell me that i can search google in my brain bro i'm i'm sorry i'm sold I, like i don't know what i i'm almost scared to see how many rights as a human i would give up to just be able to have that feature just because of how useful it is at the same time though i guess like you're right there is there is a there is another screaming humanist in me going you dumb fuck what happens if they nuke the planet you dipshit now you got electricity in your fucking brain and shit you know you get hit with an emp half your shit's gonna break you're gonna be a <laughs> yeah. fucking moron drooling on the goddamn ground fucking radioactive ghouls all around and shit See, this, is where, this is where thinking gets you dumbass like for the record, uh, 
radioactive ghouls is i'm almost <laughs> positive something that alex jones has said at least once oh my like God. Will, i'm I just don't... having visions of him like throwing papers they're radioactive ghouls <laughs> <laughs> i can see that i can see that yeah no i that's i was just joking around but like but you know you make there is a good argument to not get it too because it's like what happens you know what happens if it turns off well and that's that's something i probably have like thought about it like a tertiary level but that exact scenario has not occurred to me up until now right the the emp right that's that's a huge one right so if we move in into this like biomedical kind of direction that we're going right now which is great right like we're talking about extremes right now we're talking about like oh, yeah, yeah. plants and yeah, stuff like yeah. that but let's like just if talk we just we if we talk about you know letting a dude walk or letting someone see or something like that yeah yeah and even even existing technology right like like prosthetics right like right now if you if you go to you know baghdad and you get your leg blown off in an ideal world the government will take care of you and make sure you get a prosthetic when you come back i know it does not always work that way which is a problem but nonetheless right like prosthetics right biomedical yeah. technology is already a huge part of our modern society right and it's only going to keep increasing Oh, of course. And so yeah, yeah. when it's something like prosthetics in the traditional sense, now prosthetics now are moving in the direction where they're actually neurally connected, right? Like we have prosthetics that can receive yeah, signals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can like wiggle fingers and yeah. now and, like and control grip strengths and so yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so that's that's kinda of, that's moving more in the direction of the stuff we were previously talking about. But when you're talking about just, you know, uh you know, like a prosthetic leg that allows you to have gait like actually even weight distribution and everything yeah if you get hit with an emp it doesn't really matter like no harm no foul for the most part right um but if there's actual even even like we were just saying like you know not like mind control borg brain implants but just you know a prosthetic limb that is capable of receiving interpreting and acting on electronic signals well there you go man that emp just knocked your leg right out you know you're you're right back to stage one yep. and nobody's ignorant to that you know what i mean like that's the other thing that i think people sleep on when they when they think about stuff like this is like i'm sure there's people who think best case scenario right and they're like well i'll get the brain chip and the government won't use it to do anything nefarious and private yeah, corporations yeah, won't use won't it to do, do anything yeah. nefarious and everything hey, look, will I'm be thinking about I'm, I'm dreaming about natty light yeah exactly exactly right like you know even if you have like let, let's say that was true and the corporation that developed it and the government that that you know funded them and everything and everyone was totally legit right everyone still knows it which means even if all of the above is true there's somebody in china developing technology to interrupt it right there's somebody in russia developing technology to interrupt it or if it's Hack being implemented it in china like, yeah, 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 yeah 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 if it's being implemented in china then there's somebody in america that's developing technology to disrupt it or whatever right so it's like no matter how good the intent is there's always bad intent out there and I think people tend to overlook the intent for that right here, right now, holy shit, I can see again moment. And you can't blame them, you know, especially like if you couldn't see and now you can see, that's a hell of an incentive. I don't know many people that are going to pass that up. Oh, right? yeah, 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 for sure. But those consequences are big, man. 
like big big and you don't know it's a lot like it's a lot like a certain medication that came out in the last five years right uh that a lot of people took and a lot of people didn't want to take and oh okay. yeah 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 right and one of the reasons for that is you know there there are people out there who in my opinion rightfully so have the mindset of look i'm not particularly worried about it right here right now right like it seems generally okay but i don't know what's going to happen two generations from now right like I, I don't know what the downstream effects of this are and that applies to technology as well right so like i i was blind and i can see now and that's great but it turns out that in two generations my grandson has all these weird birth defects because you know my body's natural development was being altered by like non-natural electronic signals being generated by this weird chip in my brain right like whatever it might be strands or some shit yeah or like or shit his brain didn't develop in that section because mine has a, a chip there right like whatever it might be you just don't know there's so much variability that you're playing with with stuff like that and like I don't, I don't see know. it stopping. I, I will say this. I don't know if... It, I don't think it would work out quite like that. I mean, because the chip being there wouldn't alter the, the DNA structure. Um, but what you, I think what you would see is... A de- to your point, though, you would see a dependency on the very same things that the previous person has had. So, like, if your grandfather had cyber eyes, you might get cyber eyes because you've got his bad IG true right yeah yeah or yeah like your brain is now used to an additional electronic stimulation to produce this result which then gets passed down because your brain no longer needs to generate that stimulation on its own i mean that it so from a genetics standpoint that would have to affect the dna specifically which would be kind of hard to do on like i like you like here's my thing right like i think the most that would come from it is like maybe some somehow and and it doesn't it wouldn't make any sense because if it if it produced enough radiation to tear apart like dna or damage it it would just rot your skull out of your brain so i don't think that's necessarily going to be the issue but it would somehow have to alter your like your specific dna pairs because that's how breeding works right it takes like the pair it takes tele- it takes the strands of dna from the mother and the father 50 50 and then like clumps them together to make like a clone of you know the the pairs of dna yeah that's you would have to you would have to alter the d like the technology would have to alter the dna itself to to have which which i think it could to be fair but i think it would take longer than two generations right so as an example maybe if it was like a nanobot thing or something or or like okay crispr that right there crispr theoretically i could see that actually causing issues like oh crispr i could definitely see causing causing issues but i think even here's a really simplified example of like so it's weird when we think about it as technology right so i think what i'm thinking of could happen like i said but it would be a much longer window than like two generations but i'll put it this way humans are not covered in fur anymore because we started wearing clothes 
right? And eventually, if you have clothes on, you don't need fur. And we stopped generating so much body hair, right? Like that was that was the evolutionary kind of process okay. as we understand it, right? So if over the course of thousands of years of having a brain chip, it it makes sense to me that over the course of thousands of years of having a brain chip that that generates certain signals for you, your brain would just stop naturally generating them because it doesn't need to. There's something else doing it. So I could still see that scenario, but not something you would see in your grandchildren. It's like something I don't that, know. See, and I could be wrong here. This is this is where I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. I don't think that's here's the issue with that, right? Like there would have to be some way for it because like what you're saying essentially is that you get born, right? Once you're born, then you get a brain chip. Well, once you're born, your DNA is set. Like that's you're already a complete set of DNA, and you're just putting a brain chip into a brain, right? So your, D- your DNA doesn't evolve, right? Like you can't change genes unless you like do CRISPR or something like that. So it's only now. Now, what I do foresee, like you to, to your credit, dude, what I do foresee is that. And, and I hate to be this guy, but if you take like Darwinism, Darwinism from an evolutionary standpoint, like there will eventually be more cyborg people because like all the people that that are born with limitations will no longer have those limitations and they will go out and breed. Whereas versus like in nature, naturally, of course, the modern world is not by any means like how nature is naturally. Um, they you know they would have been picked off. They they would have died. They wouldn't have been able to breed. You know they they would have had too many limitations to be able to breed. And so over the course of generations, we might end up having like um, a, a considerable amount of human DNA just not being um, healthy, normal human DNA because yeah. um, all those people with, you know, the mutations or the, the, the inefficiencies, you know, overcame them with technology and, and then they continue to propagate. I think that would be, I, I, I think that's almost inevitable, right? Like, so there's, whether whether you adhere, like whether you lean more towards the like secular scientific realm or you lean more towards like the spiritual religious realm, there's a constant, there, there's a constant known, right? Um, between the two. It's funny, everybody always thinks that like, everybody that I talk to tends to polarize the two, right? Like you either believe in science or you believe in religion because the two can't coexist. And I've always, not always, I've recently kind of learned to bridge the two and think of, you know, religion helps explain science and science helps explain religion. They, they coexist very, very well together, actually. Um, you just have to remove the magnetic attraction to one of them right like you have to be willing to see both of them in the same space right and in that regard there's there's something that we know right that either side of the spectrum knows which is that thousands of years ago humans lived longer this goes back to the nad conversation that we're having right okay Uh, yeah that degenerative tail in in the dna was not always degenerative to the degree that it is now humans used to live much longer lives right science will explain that as over time dna was was uh or genetics were naturally altered or evolved right because of a 
myriad of factors, whether that's, uh, you know, like, like the availability of resources or, you know, climate conditions or whatever it is, right? Whatever happened, at some point we started uh, living shorter lifespans, right? On the religious end, it's much more simplified. And they're like, hey, one day God was just like, you know what, dude? 900 years is just too much time. It's just, we, we gotta, we gotta, we can't do this anymore. We're cutting it down, right? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. whatever you choose to believe, whether it's, you know, DNA naturally evolved as a result of external factors or that there's a higher power who is like, okay, we're just going to shorten our lifespans, right? And it's much more complicated than that, theologically speaking. Like, God, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, biblically speaking, God had reasons that he made that decision. But that's beside the point. The simplified version is God made the change because he wanted to, right? And science um, goes to explain it as DNA evolving over a set, of, set period yep. of time. Yeah. Exactly. And, and so we see that like what, what we're talking about with, um, what we were just talking about, like with technology over time and you know what I mean? All that we, we see, it, we've already seen it happen naturally without technology. So it seems, yeah, natural. It, yeah. it seems inherent to me that it would definitely happen with technology. technology right? yeah. And and that example right there, honestly, is a perfect example of what I was talking about, where where I see the bridge between science and religion, right? So if you were to talk to a religious person, they would say, well, you know, God decided as a result of the actions and conditions of man that he needed to shorten the lifespan, right? And science would tell you, no, 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 it, it's it's a result of genetic processes over time and the evolution of the human the human genomes which ultimately resulted in this and this and that right yeah or just like and, you know that specific fucking sapient homo erectus breed bred was another one and that's the modern human line they didn't get right lives, you know, yeah, whatever the reason and be, yeah and exactly and the bridge to me is can't can't both of those be true at once right like if if there's an all-knowing, all-seeing, divine creator, right? Couldn't he have created DNA? Like, like nobody said that God was like a simple, you know what I mean? Just like, I'm going to build man with my, you know what I mean? Like, he, it's very possible that if there is, it, in fact, a, you know, a divine creator. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then DNA and, and evolution and, you know, genomics and all of this is within the confines of his design. And so when he says, I'm going to shorten human's lifespan, he's like, well, let me just go in and just tweak the tail on this chromosome. And there we go. That just shaved 200 years off the lifespan, right? Like, I don't think the two have to be mutually exclusive all the time. I think I think there's a lot of room for overlap between the two. It's just odd to me. It's actually not given what we were talking about before with uh, like the Ivy League situation and everything. Like they're, it would be hard to tell people that Ivy League scholars know better than anyone else yes. if you believe that there's one power that knows better than anybody, right? So you kind of have to nix that higher power and yeah, want yeah, people yeah, to believe yeah. that the highest level is the Ivy Leagues, right? Or whatever it is. Um, so it makes sense okay. that you kind of have to make the two mutually exclusive, but I, I do think that's a very like manufactured yeah, yeah, kind of okay. condition. I see where you're going with that because yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because if you if you if you subscribe if you subsisted off the Holy Scripture alone, you'd end up like the Amish. 
Yeah, right. And yeah. and I think yeah. I think people saw that over time, right? Like with um again, you know, like like Rome and things like that. Like Rome, one of the big problems that Rome had is yeah, you have a king, you have an emperor, right? Like whatever you want to put whatever title you want to put on that. That's great, but if all the Roman people ultimately believe in God or, you know, Jesus or Yahweh or whatever, you know, whatever variant, you know, there is at the time, they're never going to be as faithful to their king as they are to the king, right? Like and so you yeah, have to yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to find a way to break that faith or they're always going to be like, I mean, you know what I mean? What are you going to do? Punish me? Like, okay, you'll punish me in this life and then I'll go on to the afterlife where I'll be rewarded for my faith, right? Um, and so from a human perspective, like, yeah, you have to break that bond. There's no way you could establish an actual, like, power-based hierarchy if you're not at the top of that hierarchy. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I mean, that, that makes sense to a point. Yeah, and if you, if you look at, like, all the majority of, like, the top scientists, you see that they have, uh, I wouldn't say, like, disregard for religion, but it's, uh, it's definitely not as, like, much stock into it yeah yeah that was honestly one of the things that really drew me into jordan peterson was finding somebody that i consider to be very scientific very um earthly let's say right like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we also still... has like he he also has like because i've known you for for a couple of years now paul he also has like the traditional values that you strive for yeah yeah and, you know, and so that's those, what it is yeah yeah he's got those traditional values that like which which honestly like at, at, to a point that i agree i agree with almost all of the traditional values he has too uh, when it comes to like being a man and having a family and like uh, open communication and like shit like that you know yeah rough yeah uh, rough play like the, there is a big one it's like rough housing with your boys like that's like actually like very beneficial for like young males is to be able to you know understand that there's like rough play and that like there's a limit to strength like you know shit like that dude that's something that i think a lot of people you know because everybody hears jordan peterson they either you know you either love the guy or you hate him generally right and so you say jordan peterson and if you love him, people hit the ground with like, oh, yeah, dude, dom dominance hierarchies and lobsters and, and you know, and if they <laughs> if they if they hate him, they're, you know, you're like Jordan Peterson, they're like, oh, yeah, that guy's a Nazi and he's he's a transphobe and you know what I mean? All this stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah OK, yeah. no matter which side you're on, you've been you've clearly been watching the shorts, right? Like you've been watching the, the shorts and the TikToks oh, and yeah, the compilations yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. You haven't actually read this guy's work or listen to him lecture at length or anything like that or like because... just listen like if you want to go if you want to see like two opposite ends of the spectrum like collide and this is to anyone who listens to this you need to check out jordan peterson and sam harris yes Ta yes like because like, you're talking about a religious fundamentalist and like a scientific fundamentalist but like jordan is also more like uh more right-wing to a point obviously to help, like i mean comparatively to today's left-wing media and then right. sam harris is more like libertarian and kind of out there so like they actually sit down and talk at length about a bunch of stuff there's hours and hours and hours of content with those two um and it's, yeah it's it's enlightening stuff like they both make very good points and i i do even believe that like the majority of the points they talk on it's not necessarily that they don't agree to agree with each other but it's like 
they both argue the point so eloquently you have to kind of like make your own informed decision on it because it's they can both kind of make sense yeah because it's it's back to you know so if i could change one thing about the school system right now or like the education system right now and i'm not talking like public education like you know like middle school elementary school high school i'm talking about like like start to finish right from preschool all the way up to your doctorates okay um but particularly in the early stages right like definitely it's most important in like that that elementary middle school high school kind of period um that being said if i could change one thing it would be I had a teacher in high school who kind of took it upon himself to do this. It wasn't part of the curriculum necessarily, um, but he really drilled into us the the Socratic method, right? Like, we're going to sit here and we're going to debate our ideals civilly and logically until one of us is forced to concede some level of shortcoming, one or both of us, right? So yeah. we're not we're not looking for right or wrong. We're just looking for shortcomings. And then hopefully, if you take your shortcomings and I take my shortcomings, we can meet in the middle at what the mutual truth is, right? Not the truth, but the mutual truth, the one that, that we can both see and access. And if we could go back to that, I think we would see a lot more conversations in the in the vein of Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, right? As opposed to the vein of what we typically see now which is i'm right you're wrong entirely right with no gray just i'm right you're wrong about everything in perpetuity um and that's you know i that i don't know given the state of things i I don't know how we because that's working backwards at this point oh yeah yeah yeah. it's not with with the way with the way media social media honestly the whole i'm gonna call it a machine but like just as just a whole general broad term of how that whole machine works as a whole on the society is astounding and they make it because like let's be honest if if it was just a bunch of peace talks and talk and you know if the story was right and left-wing leaders come together and talk about ideas and have lunch and actually share simple conversation and like ask about each other's kids like no one pays attention to that right like no one gives a shit but if you it's not right left lead yeah 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 like right left leaders come together to have a lunch and someone gets mad and yells at each other and there's no resolution and they've been out for 48 hours like it's sensationalism it sells yeah so, right and so you polarize that and everyone just takes it de facto like everyone takes the polarizations as extreme truth and that that's how the world is and it's it's your tribe versus my tribe it's tribalism at its finest when in reality like if you want if you want a civilization and a culture to succeed you need the cohesiveness of everybody involved culture is meant to be shared amongst everybody it's not just that particular culture's thing like i'm sorry but like when it comes to like food for instance right like think of how many michelin star places are are french based right or you see what i'm saying like in in a lot of in a lot of in a lot of cultures base their cooking off like certain cultures like for instance the, the pizza is chinese it is not italian it's not american the pizza came from came from something that someone in china made ages and ages and ages ago 
right? Culture is meant to be shared, period. Yeah. Uh, you know, a really good example because, you know, like cultural appropriation has become like a, a real buzzword in the last like, 10 years or so. A really good example that I hear all the time is braids, right? I hear, I hear oh, people yeah, yeah, say yeah. like, oh, you know, like uh, uh, white Europeans, you know, appropriated braids from the, you know, the Africans, and you know, so on and so on. And there's some degree of truth to that, right? Like, Probably, like yeah, braiding 100%. was a very popular uh, um, tradition in, you know, in African communities and things like that. You know where else it was really popular? Uh, in in like the Netherlands. That's why it's called a Dutch braid, right? Or a French braid, right? So there's there's cultures cultures A have had the same idea at different times, or B have taken ideas and built on them, or you know whatever it might be, right? Like another another really big one is uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to how to lay this out, but without giving an example i'll just give the end result which is that uh in the realm of hair right, dreads right dreads are, dreads and braids kind of go in the same category of yeah, um, roughly, cultural yeah. appropriation right and my counter argument to that is always uh you know that there's white jamaicans right and like almost always have been like like white people have been dreading their hair for centuries um, yeah yeah i mean like uh even the aborigines like the the indigenous population of australia i believe had dreads yeah right like, and so you know, and the only and to be honest the only reason why they weren't like white white is because they were in australia and the sun bakes the shit out of them yeah right and, the, and like my thing is if you you know if you want to if we want to make cultural appropriation like you know the the soup du jour you know what i mean like if we want to trace everything back to its origins and confine it there and be like this is that cultures and only that cultures then i mean let's be honest everything got appropriated from like the the, the jews like if you want to be honest everything was was ultimately like all modern culture was appropriated but from like jewish people or egyptians or you know what I mean? You can, well, yeah, you can yeah, split yeah, that yeah. pie like any that, way you uh, want. The Mesopotamia of culture. Yeah, right. Like we're yeah. all we're all culturally appropriating the Fertile Crescent. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, right? like at the end of the day, it's like who cares if you like something, you like something. Like that's the thing. Like ultimately, is is the culture is the culture the point of origination, or is the culture where it is now? Right? Like what yeah, yeah. what is it, what part actually matters? Exactly. Both of them, it's technically. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I understand that maybe some people get mad that, like, other cultures will take something from another culture, maybe, perhaps, mm -hmm. and then not pay tribute to it. But yeah. in my, but I, or maybe not, like, uh, educate themselves about it, right? Like, it's like, as a, like, as a white, like, say, like, say I want my kid to have a quinceanera, right? Like, I'm part Mexican. I'll be honest, my, I'm 50-50, I'm, I'm Irish-Mexican, right? So, like, technically speaking, my daughter could have a quinceanera, but do I look like that? Do I look like a white Irish? Do I look like a Mexican-Irish? No, I do not, right? Does my daughter speak Finnish? No, she does not. You know, right? 
so like why would i why would i do that but i, I could technically do it right you see what i'm saying and it, it could be something and i could i could teach her about actual spanish heritage because you know maybe she wants to know so it's I'm... really weird when it comes to like things like that it's like i don't know how to put it exactly it's ideals are meant to be shared at the end of the day i think it's how you should just kind of yeah right because like for the sake of devil's devil's advocate right i have no spanish or hispanic heritage in me at all that i'm aware of right but if i have a child and wanted them to have you know if i had a daughter and wanted her to have a quinceanera right and i wanted to be like hey you're not hispanic at all but i want you to celebrate this for whatever reason and here's kind of the cultural background of it here's what a quinceanera is and here's, yeah, here's yeah, what we're yeah. doing it's a coming that's not a bad ceremony. thing you're about to be a young woman you know like, yeah yeah yeah. that's, that's not a bad thing, thing. that's yeah, a good exactly. thing yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, and that's a little weird for a completely white jewish family to do it but yeah at the yeah. end of the day like at, at the end of the day it's like it as much as people want to say you're appropriating the culture, you're also kind of preserving it in some weird semi, I wouldn't say twisted way, but like, especially like if you said, if you present it to, this is why we're having the celebration. This is what the celebration is. It originated from this place. This is why they did it. And this is why we're doing it. Like you're now educating, you know, someone who would never be exposed to that culture about another culture's like celebration and maybe they decide like well you know what i really like that culture and they get into that culture and then all of a sudden you have like another family raised off you know the values of a culture that you also respect so like i don't see what the issue with it is inherently no neither do i actually the way you just said that like like clicked a light bulb for me i guess right and it made me think like you know to the people who bang that cultural appropriation drum like it's you know like it's a marching band do you want to gatekeep your culture or do you want to preserve your culture because it's easy to mistake one for the other right and and at the end of the day are you trying to preserve it or are you trying to gatekeep it because if you're trying to preserve it ultimately the best thing to do would be propagate it right like yeah, allow other on. people to yeah. learn about it and experience it and and understand it if you're trying to gatekeep it then yeah you don't want anyone to know about it you don't want anyone to participate in it that's yours and only yours right and that historically speaking that will be a dead culture right there's a reason that latin is a dead language it was gatekeeping, yeah right yep. like not everyone learned how to read yeah it was it was it was gatekeeping because that was like i believe didn't it die out I, I could be completely wrong here but my prevailing theory and what i remember on my you know fucked up brain is that like it died out somewhere in the middle ages because like basically the only people who could read it were either priests uh like uh, scholars like basically like you had to be like some sort of upper echelon intellect or of uh, class and so because you know you were a lower you were a lower class person you didn't get an education you couldn't read it so it died out because guess what stupid outbreaks the smart any day yep and it was it was like not just a class it was a very special class right like like when when latin was the prevailing uh written and spoken language it was exactly that it was priests and scholars that's it like the kings the emperors they couldn't be bothered with that shit, right? They would just bring me a priest. Uh, what uh, was it? 
Did you see the the sequel to Game of Thrones? Uh, what is it? House of no. the Dragon? No. Believe it or not, believe it or not, you're going to trip on this. I've never seen Game of Thrones, and I've never seen any spinoff. I just haven't bought Like, I've, I've probably seen, like, clips, obviously. I think I maybe I've watched, like, half an episode, but I never really, like, sat I didn't, down and watch it. I didn't get into Game of Thrones until two years ago. I thought it was overhyped and not my style, and now I'm like, that's a masterpiece. Uh, with yeah, the exception yeah. of the last, like, season where HBO did the HBO thing. But, yeah, you yeah. Know, whatever. Nonetheless, there's a there's a scene in House of the Dragon, the sequel, right, where the Targaryens are trying to broker an alliance with another family, right? And so, you know, their son flies out on his dragon and he gets to the castle and he goes and he talks to the head of the house. And he's like, I have this, you know, I have this correspondence from, you know, my mother who is head of the house of Targaryen, whatever. And he hands it to him and the, the head of the house opens it, looks at it and he's like, bah! where's my priest? And the priest comes out and like reads it to him in his ear and he's like, ah, rabble, you know what I mean? But like, that's, that's what it was, was, you know, yeah, I mean? it was yeah, very, yeah. that's not Latin obviously, but like that's the an same example thing applied. Of, that's an, yeah. That's an example of like how languages were. Yeah. Only it was, the, it was for specific, very, yeah. very gatekept. And if you were not in a certain position of influence, then reading and writing was just not in your hemisphere. And if that was the case, you know what I mean? It only takes a few hundred years for Latin to become a dead language because it is what it is. Yeah, so no the same applies to it. culture. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you don't, if you do not share it en masse, it's not going to go anywhere. It, right. Like the same kind of thing applies, you know, you can see it with uh, modern religions. Right. So, really good example of that would be. Uh, the big three Abrahamics, right? So Judaism, Islam, Christianity. Sure. All have specific tenets at some level that say you need to go out and spread the gospel, right? Go out and go yes. out and tell people the yeah. word, right? Whereas something that predated those, like uh, a lot of the pagan traditions, pagan uh, religions, sects, you know, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah they didn't really have those tenets. It wasn't like it is your duty as a believer to go out yeah, and to go spread, spread the word. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. just to practice it. Right. And Correct. so as a yeah. result, paganism dies out and Christianity, Judaism, Islam, right. Those things propagate because it is explicitly stated. You need to go out and share this with anybody that will listen. Right. And in some cases it's more extreme, right? Like, yeah. So some religions, feel like yeah, if you yeah. if you don't hear it then you don't you know you hear nothing so like you know like yep there's flavors um but nonetheless propagation is key and so I, I, honestly hot take i don't think cultural appropriation exists like i, I that's that's extreme i'm sure it, it does exist in in flavors right like there are people who will just outright do it just to do it oh yeah yeah but as like a cultural phenomenon, I don't, I don't think it's a thing. Like, I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think Italians appropriated pizza from the Chinese. I don't think right, that hip, right, hippies right. appropriated dreads from the Jamaicans or anything like that. I think people just see things, learn things, experience things, whatever, that speak to them at a personal level. And they carry that forward and they put their twist on it sometimes, or maybe they preserve it, whatever. But it's not like they're doing it as like, 
you know, they're like dick dastardly. Like, ah, this is mine now. Like, no, they just <laughs> they just saw it and thought it was cool. And we're like, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to teach my kids that. And I'm, you know what I mean? And I don't know. There's this weird, people feel this weird ownership over culture now. I don't know where that came from. Uh, everybody feels like, and I'm guilty of it myself. Like, this is not me, you know, I'm, I'm not like holier than thou or anything. Like, if, if you asked me, I am the embodiment of American culture, right? Like, I, 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 I know what American culture really is, but that's not, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, that's just, at the end of the day, that's just like your area's culture, perhaps. Yeah, it's, it's just my, it, it, and arguably not even my area, right? Like, that would be best case scenario. At the end of the day, it's yeah, like me, yeah, yeah. me uh, myself and those close to me, right? That's our culture, and that's. I don't know, just yeah yeah is. yeah of course because i mean it's just like it's like smokers versus drinkers you know it's like they're both very american things at this point but you know, yeah it's different cultures you know it's red versus blue like there's it, it goes back to you know 50 different states at 50 different cultures and even then it's like it's it, realistically it's like thousands of different cultures because you can go from one town to the other it'll be a completely different vibe you know what's you know what's fascinating about that is this, this is interesting. This is a really good trend for a first episode. A lot of our topics end up almost like cyclical. Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know how comedians will do like a like a loop back and they'll like, yeah. you know what I mean, feed back into a joke. It's kind of like that, but just like conversational. And I feel like that's a good thing because it means that w it would imply that we are both thinking about and sincere about the things that we say because they keep hitting these kind of yeah. central points, right? Uh, so something fascinating about that is that is also, in my opinion, so the, the 50, 50, 50 shades of America, right? Like that, what we're seeing now, the homogenized kind of America is, in my opinion, one of the greatest psyops of all time. And it's propagated within the public school system, right? So here's how i see that you and i as i don't even want to say intelligent or educated or anything like that but you and i as regular 30 people. something year old people right at the very least we know that america was founded as a federation right 50 states it, it's it's a it's technically a republic right yeah 50 yeah, states yeah. all of them slightly different all of them following falling under one general umbrella, but with most of the rights being delegated to the states, right? When we were founded, you had the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, and anything not specifically enumerated in there per the, what, Ninth or Tenth Amendment? Um, I can never remember if it's Nine or Ten. I think it's Ten. Uh, I'm going to believe not, you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the two. It's either Nine or Ten, right? Anything not enumerated in the Bill of Rights or the Constitution is by default delegated to the states, right? Yeah. That is the, that's the framework of America. And so you and I can look at that and objectively say the intent was always to have 50 shades of America, right? Yep. Uh, generally the same, again, shared cultural values, but different, you know, different variations depending on where you go. And that's the beauty, right? So again, for those that don't know me, I grew up up north, that lifestyle did not suit me for my entire life. Like it was, it was great for a while. And then eventually it wasn't. 
and I have the ability to move down south to a community that shares my values and boom, I'm happy, right? The state that I left is happy because I'm not there, you know, scaring people away or, you know what I mean? Everybody's happy. It works, right? That's the way it's supposed to be. But when I say it's the greatest psyop ever that is propagated within the schools, if you go to a school, like a public school right now, and you sit in on, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, social studies or whatever they're calling it now, humanities, right? Whatever it might be. If you sit in on one of those classes, there's an overwhelming probability that they will never refer to America as a republic. They'll refer to it as a democracy. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's been, that's and, been a thing since... Uh, since um, since I went to school, they were it's always been a democracy, and it's there's been three teachers in my entire life, and hilariously, they're my favorite teachers of all time. Um, but they they're, were and they're all teachers. history teachers, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. all history teachers. But they're just like, first of all, I'm just gonna let you guys know we are not a demo- like we were never supposed to be a democracy. Like the words from Benjamin Franklin were, "We founded you a republic if you can keep it." We're a constitutional republic with democratic principles. Yep. Right. And so if you look, if you go through textbooks, which gets harder to do when you get further back in time, like good, good luck finding a textbook from the 1800s. Those things weren't exactly standardized. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, if you go through history books, it starts at about the 50s, 50s, 60s is when you see this shift from American fundamentalism into a word democracy. Right. And that is the psyop right like if you if you're in public school right now you're not being taught about 50 shades of america you're being taught about one country that operates in a completely homogenized manner where everything is the same everywhere you go and that's not how it was supposed to be because that doesn't work that's how we got here in the first place right like that's why you have the Irish, the Italians, the Polish, right? Everybody that immigrated here immigrated here because they were in a one-size-fits-all scenario that did not fit them. So they came somewhere that has multiple options. When we start eroding those multiple options, this goes back to what we were saying before. We're just Europe again. That's it. We're just... We're we're becoming the next uh, royal family, so to speak, right? And that is actually unsurprising if you trace back if if you trace back uh, influential Americans, modern influential Americans too. Like I'm not talking about like Ben Franklin or anything like that, though this does apply to foundational Americans as well. Mm-hmm. But if you trace back right now, modern influential Americans, the vast majority of them have ties to the royal family. Right, like th- this is not like, and I, I don't consider that to be a coincidence personally. Like, I think to me it makes the most sense that a bunch of ragtag misfits found their way over to America, started dumping tea in the ocean. Right, Europe was like, okay, whatever, you guys do your thing. We're just gonna absolutely steamroll you, right? And then America was like, hey, yo, France. I heard you like cutting people's heads off and shit. Uh, how would you feel about kicking the UK right in the nads? And they were like, ho, ho, ho. 
right? <laughs> we, we did the damn thing, right? Yeah. And then yeah, after yeah. that, they were like, okay, we have to give them their freedom. However, this is working out better than we expected. Maybe we should send some of our good people over there and like, you know, try to dissolve this a little bit because it's getting starting to smell a little bit free over across the pond, right? Like. I don't think the transition from Fifty Shades of America to one shade of a country is accidental or coincidental. Um, well, no, no, I mean, no, no, no. So hear me out. So I think I don't. This could be one of those things that gets chalked up as like a uh, a happenstance during, uh, we'll say a cultural and industrial and economical revolution. So like you said, like the 40s, 50s, 60s, um, that was right after World War II. So that means we still had, everything was still basically made in America. You see what I'm saying? We still had the industry there. And that's when like Ford, like I believe like Ford started like the eight hour work shift like in the 30s, I think maybe. Yeah, fuck him for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he started like the eight hour work shift. And from what I remember, that was like directly tied with the schools. And that's why schools were like about eight hours and had like, you know, you had like a lunch break and then you sat there all fucking day and learned. And prior to this, school wasn't like this. It was, you know, a couple hours a day, maybe like one really long day or two really long days and that was it you know but you still got all your basic schooling done um and so i think once they started doing that and started like funding public schools a lot more and raising them on this like factory model is uh and you know it started becoming more about retention of knowledge versus actual knowledge that's when you start seeing the push to the one homogenous because it's if you're taught that you're just a person in a group of 370 million people or whatever the population is today, um, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what everyone does. Versus like, if you're taught that, you know, hey, we're in Texas, we do things a little differently this way, you know, a little differently down here. Yep. Yep. Well, and I think this again goes back to communities and shared values, right? Because another thing that was significantly different between like let's say going to school in 1850 and going to school in 1950 right is if you went to school in 1850 you it it, again community and shared values your teacher was probably somebody you knew right like they probably lived near you your parents knew them everyone knew them right and they shared the same values now it's like you go to, right, so you grow up in, whatever, Louisville, Kentucky, right? And you go to school in Louisville and you get your master's in education, right? But there's no jobs in Louisville. So then you move to Boston, right? And you get a job teaching in Boston public schools or whatever. You don't share their values and they don't share your values, right? And so at this point, you're no longer teaching values. You're no longer teaching culture. You're no longer teaching any of that. You're just teaching in 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue, except you're not teaching that anymore because it is entirely too controversial. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Nonetheless, it's not, again, it's not 
somebody from your community who shares your values teaching you things beyond the textbook. It's just some stranger teaching you what's in the textbook. And there's no way that can lead to anything other than a homogenized outcome. Yeah, um, that's one thing I've always uh, admired about the Eastern, uh, the Eastern countries like uh, China and Japan. Um, I'm not sure if they do the same in like Taiwan, but it's like their schooling system is like China may not be a good example, but Japan, like if you look at their schooling system of how like there's like primary and secondary school and stuff, like basically like what high school for them is like their trade school or their like preparatory college school. Because by the time you hit high school, if you show no, like, aptitude, you either get put into, like, a technical trade school or you go work in a farm. Like, they yep. take, they, they don't, like, it, it, and it is kind of probably a cool filtering system, if you want to think about it that way, because, you know, you can never, like, in the American school system, you can basically get, like, especially now, especially with, like, COVID and all that other fucking bullshit nonsense that has happened in the past fucking few years in this country kids are falling more and more behind and because of some dumbass president fucking a while ago no child's left behind they just get out into the world ignorant as shit and sometimes these kids can go get student loans and go to college too yeah well <laughs> man and and colleges we have completely burned that institution to the ground as far as I'm concerned, right? Like, if you're... It, it, just my opinion. If you're going to college right now and it's for something other than, like, to be a lawyer or a doctor or, like, a physicist, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. Some like, sort if, it's of, not, if it's not, like, an actual, spe like, a specialization, if you're going for the fucking liberal arts... Bro, I'm sorry, you wasted your goddamn money. Like the only you people that should be time. going, the only people that should be going for liberal arts degrees are dudes who retired out of the military and went. You know what? I want to beef up my resume and say I went to college. Because at that point, they're going to be like, "Oh, hey, you went to college? Who cares? What you graduated and you're in the military? I'm going to hire this guy." Yeah. Because it shows discipline. Like that. That. That's it. Like like you going to college, you're getting like you're you're paying for a fucking participation sticker at this point i promise yes. you this comes from someone who does medical it never went to college a day in my life ever yeah and and like, like to to further that like i no. also i've been in the it field for uh or i shouldn't say it because i'm slightly off that path now but I, i've been in the technology field let's say uh, for over a decade now I dropped out of high school and college dropped out of high school was like ah you know a couple years later I'm like maybe I should go to college went to college was like nope this sucks too like you know what I mean you, if you want to learn something you will learn it right yeah like, yeah like you need you to go out and teach exactly like and if you're the type of person that needs school well that's that's what the doctors and lawyers and you know all the specializations are for if yeah. you're just someone who doesn't know what you want to do with your life i'm gonna be honest your best your best route is to my my piece of advice to you specifically is find something that you don't fucking hate that can make you money that's it that's yeah you do. if you can find something that you can go slave away at for eight hours a day but it pays your bills and you don't want to pull the trigger every single day on yourself or whoever basically you know like right you know, if you as long as you don't hate your life and it pays you bills and you have some time to yourself then you're doing good honestly and then from there you just got to move up 
Like, you know, if, if you stay in that field and just keep moving up, you know, just look for more jobs that pay more. And eventually over the years and as you build experience, you'll just be able to find better jobs that pay more. And no, I'm, I'm going to be honest, once you have like seven years of experience or you've built like an MSP, which is a managed service provider, it's someone who just provides IT services for other businesses and companies. If you manage to build one of those from the ground up and it's still successful and you start looking for a new job, people are going to be like, you built yeah, an MSP gold. from the ground up. Like, who cares if this guy didn't go to college? Like, there's a website with his name on it right now. It's like 114 clients. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. the only thing they're going to ask you is like, why are you leaving your company? And you go like, well, um, I have to drive an hour and a half one way and the pays dog shit. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, and... and- See, and that's the key there that I think is being lost. It, it's being lost a little bit more on each generation. So we all know the, you know, like, like we've, like, I know millennials have been talking about this my whole life, and I can only assume that it stays true in generations prior, right? So we all know that, like, the fault in our stars, so to speak is that every generation wants to make it a little bit easier for their kids, right? Like, I don't want my kids to have to work as hard as I did for something. I want, you know, if there's a way for them to get where they're going a little bit easier, of course that sounds great, right? But actually, in reality, it's not. It's actually not great. The struggle is part of it, right? Yeah, it's harming your kids realistically. Like, I, I think when it comes to kids, like, I think you should give them everything they need to flourish but there needs to be like there's extras that you should cut off right like i'm not saying don't buy your kid a car right if your kid does really good in school and and seems to have a good head on their shoulders you know and has good friends and hobbies and isn't like into drugs or all all this other nonsense yeah yeah, sure maybe buy them a car but like don't pay for their gas and their insurance no well like and that's the thing you need to teach them that things cost money lots of money period like if you if you send your kid out into the world just thinking that well i've always had everything i've wanted and everything's easy they're gonna be useless and they're just gonna be a drain in your pocket i mean if that's what you want from them i guess but like what about their kids well and that's and that's the caveat right you all of us should want to give our kids everything they need to to thrive and to flourish right but one of the things that they need to thrive and flourish is adversity and hardship right like you you do not you do not thrive you do not improve without overcoming adversity and hardship so if you just shield your child from that yeah they're gonna have a very comfortable childhood and they're going to have a very unpleasant adulthood and and that's that's just a reality of it right and so i think what's being lost on on generation by generation is what we're talking about here is you don't need to go to college right if you want to go for it i'm not here to tell you what to do Right. Yeah. If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or work for fucking NASA, if if you actually like, if you have a career goal, you want to be a geologist. It doesn't. If you have a specialization that you want to go for, and like you know you have to get a degree for that, yes, we're telling you go to college, follow your dreams, get that shit done. At the end of the day, you need to figure out what's going to make you happy and just get it done. Yes. Or if you're just like honestly, like some people make mistakes. You know, I had a kid at 17, right? So like, college was kind of just. Not, not in the books arts. it just wasn't and honestly like i wanted to be a musician like i'm still a musician to this day i, I play the guitar the drums and the bass but like you don't you don't make money on that i'm sorry that doesn't pay the bills 
you know, not it often. Just, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like unless you're like unless you're just insanely gifted and talented, which unfortunately I don't have eight hours a day to practice every single day or, to be that insanely gifted and talented. Or just lucky, right? Right place, right time. There's plenty of yeah, musicians yeah, yeah. Like, out there yeah, that are sure. god awful, but right place, right time. You yeah, know? right. So there's that. But like, so at the end of the day, I needed to find something that I could do that puts food on the table for myself and my family and everyone that I want to be in my family. You know, my friends. Like, you know, because as, as a upstanding person, you want to help your friends up. You want to yeah. lift people up as you get to the top. And at the same time, like, if uh, I, I believe that, if, um, and maybe this is because just this this is just the way i was raised but as a man you got to provide for the future generations you can't just let them starve but at nope. the same time going back to your point no you can't just give them you can't just feed them like it's a buffet like they need to understand that hey you want this truck cool it gets 14 miles to the gallon i'm not buying your gas oh you want this truck and it's all decked out it's a luxury vehicle cool the insurance payment on that because you're 16 is like 600 dollars a so basically you're looking at probably $800 to $1,000 a month yeah. that you're going to have to actually pay for this. And I'm not going to do that for you. I'm just not, you know? Exactly. And so like, I'll buy you the car. Fine. You deserve, you're right. You've done so much. You deserve a car and I make enough money that I can comfortably give you a car and not worry about it. But I'm not paying for the maintenance, the upkeep, you getting into an accident with it. Absolutely not. Well, and it might not even be right. Like I, I had something that almost this exact scenario when I was growing right like oh you want a car i'm in a position where i can give you a car it's not the car you want right like you want this i can't do that but i do have my you know my old oldsmobile alero that i would be willing yeah, to give you yeah, so if you yeah. want a car congratulations you can have one if you want a specific car but save up and buy it right yep like that's those are your options yeah yeah and yeah, that's, yeah. that's it it i think what we're teaching kids is that like with regards to college and everything, not you and I, but culturally, I think what we're teaching kids is one day you will just know what you want to do and the path will be clear. And by clear, I mean unobstructed, <laughs> right? Like yeah, you'll just yeah, be able to waltz not, into what you want yeah, to do. And, and that's just and not the truth at all. No, like I, I, I think I make a pretty, you know, pretty comfortable living. I think at least for somebody who, you know, just took a giant shit on every formal education opportunity that they had. I think I've done pretty well for myself in that regard, right? But that being said, the way I got here was unconventional and and a struggle, right? Like the the oh, yeah. way that I got into the technology field was I started out washing dishes for 60 to 70 hours a week after school, right? And then eventually I got made a busboy which sucked a little less than being a dishwasher right <laughs> yeah. and i did that and then eventually i got made a server and that sucked a little bit less than being a busboy and eventually i got made a bartender and that didn't really suck at all actually i just got hammered and it was pretty cool and then because i was a bartender i met the ceo of a company who needed just baseline like office work done right and I was like, well, they'll give me health insurance. I don't have health insurance. That's a that's a big plus. And it's guaranteed income. I don't have to worry about if I don't make good tips that night or whatever. I just have this amount of money coming every week. And that was something I really didn't know anything about. So I was like, cool, you know, like, let's do that. And then I got into that office and did, you know, 
through a series of, of events, they were like, oh, you're actually pretty sharp behind a computer. We need like, you know, a low level IT guy. Would that interest you? And I'm like, oh, I guess so. Why not? Turns out it interested me. So I learned more about it and worked my way up through that field and then got to the point where I am today, where I'm in a position that I think pays me comfortably. It's like you said, it's a job that I can, you know, do I love what I do? Am I deeply passionate about it? Not necessarily, but do I hate it? No. You know, like I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable where I am. And the bottom line is that was not a conventional path. It's not like I woke up one day and was like, I want to work in IT and then just waltzed into an IT job. Like, no, nah, man, I had to work 70 hour shifts, sweating my ass off in the yeah. dish pit with people throwing fryer grease on me before I eventually found myself in the position to get where I was trying yeah, to go. Yeah, exactly. And that you see, your story is a lot like mine, dude. That's so crazy. Like, so I basically, um, uh, I went for McDonald's. Um, and then after McDonald's, it was like CenturyLink. And then after CenturyLink, it was, uh, and that was IT, right? Um, Central, it was like tier one DSL. This is my technological path. There was another path, but we're not going to talk about that path. I don't feel comfortable talking about that path. We're just gonna skip. Basically, uh, yep. we're gonna say it started in my about age twenty, roughly. McDonald's, right? And then like Sefco, just a bunch of like bullshit ass jobs, right? Forty hours a week, overnights, fryers, cleaning shit, mopping shit, stocking coolers, Get doing nonsense bullshit. Earn your pennies. And... Yeah, yeah, right. Sleeping on people's couches. Like I remember, I used yep. to sleep at the foot of this dude's bed. Okay, Ooh. like like dead ass. Like the homie was on a mattress on the floor. All right, we didn't have AC either, bro. And this is in yep. Texas. This is in Texas, bro. No AC. Homie sleeping on the floor. I'm at the foot of his bed, just like sleeping on a blanket with a pillow. Don't even need a blanket to cover up because it's so fucking hot already. Like you know, <laughs> like you know. And I'm just like working at a gas station, just like you said, pennies, bro. Pennies. Trying to do the best I can. Trying to pay, you know, all my bills. Trying to provide. And eventually, like, I managed to get a job at CenturyLink. That was actually, like, I was making commission off that because I was, like, billing technical support and sales. Like, and then after that, like, uh, I ended up cussing on the floor and one of the other managers reported me, so I got fired. I didn't cuss at a customer. I just, like, cussed on the floor. Yeah. So, and, yeah, that. Oh, God forbid. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, fuck, you know, that was, that was my bad. And then so I basically went to another tier one DSL support center. And then I met some chick. I ended up coming out to Florida. Chick was a meth head. We won't go into that. Um, basically, that whole circumstance caused me to lose my job. And the movie theater opened, and I applied to be like uh, their IT, like their IT guy or whatever, the projectionist specifically. And basically, all I was was just like I would schedule like movie times and stuff. But when I got brought on, the movie theater wasn't finished. They're like, "Hey, do you know how to do this?" And being the bullshit artist that I am, of course I do. I have the you know, I I'm an to, expert. I have the <laughs> sum of human knowledge in my pocket. Like, of course I know how to do this. This isn't yep. hard. And they're just like, oh, okay, well, we've got like four computers for you to set up. We need to have this program on them. And then we have these uh, movie theaters that we just put the chairs in, but we need speakers hooked up. We need the projections, uh, projectors calibrated. Uh, here's the number for the projection company. Here's the number for the theater system company. And here's the number for the people that uh, allow you to, because like, uh, we didn't we didn't have a satellite system which that's usually how movie theaters work there's like a satellite system that you download the movie 
off of and it was like super easy to play it visually well we were still doing like uh, enterprise slot in drives on a raid server okay and so we had we had to contact them to like get everything set up and upload their fucking because they have like special software they have like some special windows server build that they want you to use and all that nonsense to make sure it's like raid solid and ready to go um and so basically i set up that entire place right and that was just really good on my resume well you know after a while working there i think about a year like i'm only making 12 50 an hour all right and i was working 50 to 60 hour weeks and there's no overtime when you work at a movie theater because it's considered the entertainment industry so they do not have to pay you overtime so it's just single time right i was making okay money but i wasn't making that good enough 12 50 so a Wawa opened up, and I was like, they're like, we'll give you $14.50 an hour to come run night shift. And I was like, okay, $2 more. And I did that. And then one of the dudes that that worked at Wawa with me had a band. And I was like, hey, I play the guitar. And he's like, oh, we could use a guitar. So I met this dude through the band. And then the bassist gave me, it's like, hey, but this guy over here is looking for an IT dude to run this new company he's starting. I was like, well, I have some IT experience. And I jumped over there. And then I ran that place from the ground up for like two, three years. Made like, you know, I, uh, we did our own server hosting, uh, our own order system. We had like dropship capabilities. We had a bunch of network machines for like measuring, like sub, uh, no, I say substances, but it's like different like fruit and vegetable powders. Like measuring sure. those out in like minute, like, because we would basically make like a, you would get like a test. You would either send in like blood or spit or like. I think sometimes piss i'm not entirely sure but we would get a test done to see what you're like uh nutritionally deficient in and then we did we build this like powder for you and drop ship it to your house oh that's actually pretty cool yeah yeah yeah. and then um and then we also had in the background that was really funding the whole thing we were just like a private labeler for this other health food company that was selling like health food kits so we just like you know got source product and then we just labeled it under their stuff and shipped it out for them and that's what was really paying the bills well COVID hit and that company took a shit so we took a shit and then that place died so when that place died I started looking for jobs and then I found the job that I have down here now where I'm just like they're just like oh we need a break fix IT technician for like five locations and you have to be medical you know you have to be HIPAA compliant it's like okay fine get my HIPAA compliance and now it's like well we also want you to start up an MSP now we want you to do medical, medical MSP you can do that right yeah yeah, yeah I, I can do that no problem and then now, like, now my resume's stacked, bro. Now I'm applying for $100,000 jobs. Now I'm applying for jobs that are 60 to 80K. And, you know, I'm going to be able to live comfortably. And it was not, it was not a direct pass at all. No, and it, it wasn't, I mean, if you had asked me, you know, go back 15 years and ask me what I saw my life looking like, and I would have told you, like, minimum wage, not great. <laughs> yeah, I would have right? told like, you, like, before my kid, I would have told you, uh, Juilliard playing the guitar like I, I would be in a rock band or I would be a musician yeah because that's all right. I used to do back then well and the, and the common thread here and this is you know again this is I, I worry that this is being lost generation by generation right the common thread here is just a little bit of well-timed initiative right so if you go back and this is something that I think was commonplace like when when the american dream quote unquote was was like really kind of like an attainable thing that that was the common thread at that time too was a little bit of initiative right like it's not like people it's not like people necessarily knew what they were doing right like henry ford all these people right they they found something they were good at and they took a little initiative to show what they could do with it 
and that carried them into a new field, a new, you know, a new technology, whatever it might be, you know, something like that, right? And so you can take that on a much smaller scale. Obviously, neither you nor I is Henry Ford, right? But that being said, <laughs> you take that a little bit of initiative, right? So for me, it was they put me in like an entry level IT position. All of our IT stuff was still outsourced, right? We had an MSP that did almost everything for us. I was basically like, re, you know, rebooting printers when they would go down, right? Yeah. And yeah. then. I knew that there was a that there was more money to be made there, you know, that there was that there was more rungs on that ladder. So then I started learning like okay, well how do I program this this Cisco equipment, right? Like this seems like pretty integral to what's going on here. So like let me find out how routers and switches work and firewalls and and how you can configure these things and this and that. So I did that, right? Well, when you get into networking, you start, you know, realizing like, oh, if I just knew how to write Python scripts, I could automate my network monitoring, you know, in minutes, right? And so then you're like, oh, well, maybe I should, maybe I should learn a little bit of scripting, right? And then you learn scripting. And you're like, well, if I knew a full programming language, I could just, you know, and you're you're constantly looking for that next leap of like, what's my next twenty thousand dollar bump, right? Like, what's the thing that takes me from here to here? Um, and now. What I find is I talk to people that are, you know, family, friends, however they're tangentially related to me, right? But they're a generation or more below me. And I talk to them and, you know, we talk about life, and goals, and, you know, futures, and plans, and so on and so on. And the, the thread that I see there is not that that kind of innate initiative to want better um, and and to work for whatever you think is better. I hear this like I hear this different thought process that's like I don't understand I went to school I have a degree I deserve that job and I'm like well yeah sure I mean everybody deserves a job can you prove that you deserve it more than the other person well yeah I have this degree well yeah but well, so, so do they so, so, does, so does he so yeah does. so yeah, yeah, you know. so what's putting you ahead of them right and it's that again like we've we've baked in this idea that you go through high school you go into college you go into college knowing what you're going to do so you get your degree you come out you walk into that field everything works out the way it's supposed to and you know you assembly line your life yeah, yeah. but your and life's he, not an assembly line to to those people's credit like a lot of people had that happen a lot of people you know lawyer, like i wouldn't say lawyers because i've heard a lot of lawyers you know struggling da's and you know district attorneys and public defenders like you know i've heard a lot of them have it rough for a while yeah know? or shit even just passing the bar you know yeah like that yeah, in yeah. itself but like not everybody does it yeah exactly like it there's unless you go into a field that just has an like nursing right like you're gonna be hard pressed to not be able to find a, a job in nursing as long as you're willing to move or have the means to move i will say that like you yep know, you might you might live in a place where they just don't need nurses but, that, but i guarantee you there's somewhere in this country right now that is dying for a nurse's help right like that there's some there's some jobs that you're just going to be able to like you're good there's and but unfortunately a lot of the jobs that people want they don't need you. I hate to say it. Right. At a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And there's an important, there's an important piece there too. When I was, when I was thinking about leaving my home state, 
and moving down south to somewhere that was more ideologically aligned, right? Um, one of the big questions I was asking myself was, do I have the means to move? And the answer to that is objectively, I did not, right? Like, but this is something that I tell people all the time, right? I, we'll get, I'll get into conversations with people ideologically left of me, right? And I'll say things like, you know, 50 shades of the United States. Like, dude, just move. Like, if you don't like where you are, just move. I promise there's somewhere that, that you know, suits what you're looking for. Um, and the common response I hear is, well, I don't have the means to move. Not everybody can just get up and move, right? Like, you know, and, and, and there's some truth to that. There's a there's lot of truth the, See, and here's my issue with that. There is, let me just cut you off there. I'm sorry. Not You're right to a point. There is some truth to that. But at the end of the day, like, you can do it. Like, as someone who doesn't really get support from, like, his family and, you know, pays a lot of child support every month. And, I, and I'm not saying that for you to, like, pity me or me complaining about it. It's just, it's just facts. Like, I came, like, I am in my 30s and I make more money than my father or mother have ever made. Well, my stepfathers, I don't know my real father. But my stepfather or my mother currently have ever made in their entire life. Uh, Same. Let me tell you, dog, I'm still struggling. Okay. Yeah, and it's just the way it is. Like it sucks. But if you keep, if you pick a path that you don't hate and keep going, and just keep going, bouncing around, keeping yourself like open to spontaneous happenstances, you can get somewhere. You'll you'll find where you're trying to go. It might not be where you thought you were trying to go, but you'll find where you're trying to go. And that's yeah, exactly. that's what I was getting at, right? Like I same exact same exact thought process, right? Like I was like, I don't have the means. There's all these things that could go wrong. Like there's all this, you know, like I, you know, stuff I can afford, stuff I can't afford, like whatever it might be, right? But I was watching a uh, journalist, commentator, podcaster, whatever you want to call it, right? I was watching this guy that that I really respect, right? And he was talking about his journey, much like we are right now. And he was a he was a journalist up until now where he can just kind of do like his independent media thing. But he was working for, you know, he, he got his come up working for big name media companies. Uh, and he was talking about how he got to that point. He was like, listen, I lived, you know, I lived in this city and the opportunities just weren't there. I knew that for what I wanted to do, I needed to be in like LA, California, like, you know what I mean? These, these big hub cities to do what I wanted to do. And he's like, but I could not, you know, I could not afford that. And finally I just got up and left. And he's like, I moved to LA. I had like whatever money I had in my pocket and that was it. And he was like, but I knew what I wanted to do. So in the meantime, I took really bad jobs, like not even jobs, like like odd jobs, right? And he's like, I would go to the, the market every day and I would get a couple of apples and some ramen for like $2. And that would keep me fed. And I would sleep on people's couches and none of this was ideal, but I could do it. So don't tell me you yeah. can't do it because you can. It might not be yeah. comfortable. It might no, not yeah, be what you suck. want. Yeah. But if, you, if you're trying to get somewhere, you got to get there. Like you, you don't just end up where you want to be. You, you got to you got to climb that mountain. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think that in an effort to in an effort to make that hike less arduous on our kids, 
we're just telling them that there's no mountain at this point. Like instead of saying there's going to be a mountain and you're going to have to be prepared to hike that mountain and here's the tools I can give you to hike that mountain, we're just saying there's no mountain. Just just go out there. Just just go out. You're going to get exactly yeah, where you're going go and there's and no it. mountain. Yeah. And then they get to the mountain and they're like, what the fuck is this thing? And you're like, yeah, uh, I forgot to tell you to bring shoes, snowshoes, like all this other, you know what I mean? You have no food. You have no like shelter. You're just out there because you expected to get where you were going unobstructed. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, I didn't tell you that like the base minimum cost to like live halfway decently without roommates of any kind in the same room as you is like $2,500 a month. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah. Oh, forgot to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what the, the solution is, but I, I, I think it lies somewhere in, you know, there's that trope that's been like wildfire on the internet the last few years, especially in the more conservative circles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Uh, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times good times create weak men weak men create hard times and it's a cycle right yeah Uh, yeah. and right now i think we're in that period where weak men create hard times Um, and everybody would be well served to start trying to make strong men again right and i don't mean that in like the conventional like this isn't a like i'm not making it a conversation about gender or gender roles or anything like that but just as a as a reality right like it's time to acknowledge that we have we have made soft people and those soft people are making hard times and it's time for us to start making strong people again because this is unsustainable like we yeah, can't is the problem is is like uh strong people disrupt <laughs> strong people disrupt the market yes let's be honest like let's yes. be honest that's that's what it is strong people disrupt the market strong people disrupt the flow of civilization as a whole um strong people are also uh less weak-willed and you know willing to be told they're harder to, to control yeah 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 so for the powers that be strong people are not what you want um but ironically, they are, right? Like, yeah, yeah, because is... you need strong people to get yourself out of a city, shitty situation that you put yourself in. Yeah, I mean, this is the tale of the American military, right? Like, like there's that meme. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like soldiers in World War II, and it's like this big, burly dude laying in bed with like a, you know, like a picture of a pinup girl and his rifle and shit you know whatever and it's like soldiers in 2023 and it's this guy that looks like me like just a scraggly scrawny ass dude looking at a picture of like some weeby furry oh, chick. anime chick yeah yeah and with skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly and that's and and that again you know what i mean it's that what we're talking about here is perfectly illustrated by the u.s military right like you need strong people in certain positions and right now we're putting weak people into strong positions and that is proving to be a problem if you look at the state of the u.s military right now it is not uh well to be fair it's better than anyone else <laughs> it just it technologically just, sorry. no no period 
just like think about it now dude like even the like think about the what so like what maybe china maybe maybe china japan japan's on our side right for for anyone that we have to worry about we're better i'm sorry we definitely i i agree with you in every regard except for how do i how do i put this like i don't want to say drive but drive is the best word i can come up with do you remember a couple years ago there was a a video that came out and it compared u.s army recruiting videos to russian army recruiting videos no i don't think i saw that one dude so this there's a video a while back and it mocked up two recruiting videos one was the u.s army and one was the russian army right and the u.s army it pans open and there's this woman and she's like you know i am a uh you know 20 something year old you know lesbian woman and i am so proud that there's an institution that'll allow me to be me and assume leadership positions and diversify the battlefield and blah 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 and then they cut to the russian one and it's just a bunch of dudes screaming in russian like jumping out of helicopters shooting through windows and shit and i'm like i'm just gonna go ahead and say it one of those is terrifying and one of them isn't um it is what it is and that's not to denigrate the u.s military like if the u.s military came knocking at my door i would shit my pants please believe but yeah 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 in those two scenarios i'm like i don't know man like if this lady came and gently knocked on my door and explained to me about the diverse nature of the u.s military and then another day some spetsnaz dude came kicked my door down duct taped my mouth and just started beating me like i know which one i'm concerned (laughs) right yeah yeah no that's fair but it's like i do until the big boom happens until emps fall from the sky until electricity is canceled unfortunately nerds are gonna fight your war yeah i want them in charge period that is true the the battlefield is changing and and that's something so that so here's what's interesting no no i now to all the infantry homies thank you and i and some of you are nerds actually a lot of you are fucking nerds and you know it all right a lot of you are fucking nerds but you are the bigger beefier nerds and some of you straight up are jocks you just couldn't figure out what the fuck to do after high school because you couldn't go pro but, <laughs> um, yeah and and like to is double re- down like, on we, that we still need you guys like you guys you guys are the front lines for a fucking reason so yeah like, yeah like you said the, there's there's certain positions that need to be filled with strong people only but i think unfortunately when it comes to like uh the back end you know drone flyers turret operators you know yeah you can have some nerd in an ac control room fucking pulling you know missile command defense and be fine yeah i i think it's i think it's definitely a balance right like like and i i should also footnote and say that like first and foremost if you've served you're doing better than me right i've never served i'm talking out of my ass right now i've, I've seen zero combat right so like uh, let me rephrase that it doesn't even matter if you've seen combat. Tons of people serve and don't see combat, right? Right. I've yeah. seen I've seen no fatigues, right? I've never even like I, a, a recruiter. Or I'm sorry, a, a drill sergeant has never said my name, right? So you got me beat, okay? But that being said, it is it is definitely a balance, I think, because I think we're seeing it right now. 
ironically, if you look at if you look at um, like Israel Palestine and you look at Ukraine Russia, you're seeing both sides of this, right? So Israel Palestine, you're seeing a lot more of what we're talking about, like next gen warfare, right? Like you're fighting in between localities without actually sending like most of your fighting is going on by rockets mortars drones things like that right russia ukraine you're seeing a lot of traditional warfare you're seeing a lot of young kids out there with rifles yeah, boots on the ground yeah doing yeah. doing the thing right and i think ultimately we're going to move the direction of next-gen warfare. You're a hundred percent right. It's going to be a lot of remote warfare. It's going to be a lot of cyber warfare. It's going to be a lot of space-based warfare, right? Satellites, things like that. Like it's not going to be conventional, but I do also think there will always be some level of, of that traditional warfare, right? So even if the bulk of it is being conducted by drones or satellites or, or digital means otherwise, right? I do think there is always going to be the potential and not even potential, but the certainty that even with EMPs and drones and all that, there are still going to be dudes in boots coming through your city at some point if, if you're actively engaged in conflict. And if you are, you're going to need somebody to back those nerds up, right? Yeah. yeah Be, being the nerd yeah. myself, like I can, I can do a lot, right? Like I can, I can do a lot for you behind a computer screen, but I still need somebody to come muscle for me, right? Because if you get to yeah. me, you can just pull me away from my computer screen like a kid. And I'm useless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. done, right? So I need somebody standing nearby so that when you come through and try to remove me from this computer, my big burly-ass friend can just pummel the piss out of you, and I can keep doing what I do, right? Um, well, the I good thing know. is is that uh, the Midwest and the Southwest have an abundance of corn-fed, strapping young lads, and uh, that, that is, they do. That's, that's not a problem. See, and this, this also goes back to... I think you're seeing a lot of the diversification because of the military-industrial complex. Because, like, realistically, if you don't want to be in poverty in America and you come from nothing, right? Like, you have no family savings. Like, your your parents are are almost poverty level. Like, you have one option: join the military. Like, you always have that option. Like, unless unless you are physically disabled, right? Unless you made some really really messed up mistakes as a child, like you can always join the military. You know, you won't like what you do and you won't like how you're treated, but you will come out with benefits, uh, assuming that whatever position you decided to be your MOS, like you would, you know, yeah. you, you make it back, obviously. Um, and unfortunately, with today's client, we don't know right now. Well, and, and you know, I, I think that's a big part of the generational divide, too, is it was almost expected for a certain period of time, right, that you would join the military if you were a military-aged male, right? Yeah. Like, it was it was almost a given, unless you were... It, it was kind of the inverse of now, right? So there was a time where you were probably going to go into the military unless you were really, really sharp and good at something, in which case you'd go do that thing. But otherwise, yeah. probably going to go fight, right? And because of that, you had generation after generation who were like, man's men right they went they hated they hated what they did they hated how they got treated none of it was really ideal 
but they learned that life is rarely ideal and that you have to power through those shitty situations to get back home to where you want to be right without those hard lessons you don't get hardened people right and yeah 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 and you end up with the expectation that home is always just around the corner but sometimes it's not right like like sometimes you are thousands of miles from home and you might not make it back rough buddy yeah facts yeah yeah well, I think uh, I think we've I think we've given the people a good chunk of content here. Y'all have yeah, two and a half hours same. worth of our banter to uh, yeah, digest. Ramblings. Yeah, hopefully yeah. it stays on some cohesive track for you guys. I think we did. I think we did a pretty good job of that. For the record, for those of you watching, this is about half of what we plan to talk about. Um, yeah, so, not even technically. Yeah, we we had intended to make this about an hour to an hour and a half with twice as many topics. So. Uh, yeah digest this uh i imagine it it probably will only get worse from here so oh, uh, probably yeah prime yourselves but um i hope you all enjoy this episode um like i said this is episode one we're gonna keep the content coming for you um we'll have uh we were just talking before we started recording we're already planning on things like merch and uh you know all the different platforms we're going to hit you guys on um be prepared rumble we're coming for you youtube you're on our radar spotify get ready if you guys have other platforms that you would like to see this content on i, I, I don't know what that would be twitch kick i don't iheart radio do people still use that is that still a thing uh i mean it, it is a it is uh i looked into it i'll have to look into it some more um i think we can get our stuff on there but i'm not entirely sure yeah I really don't know. I I would be astounded if they have people still using it that are under the age of like 70. But either way, if y'all have a yeah, platform right, yeah. that you want to see us on, drop it in the comments wherever you're watching this. Um, you know, show some love regardless. Like the video, subscribe, you know, standard YouTuber. YouTuber nonsense bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Smash that, that like button. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That Expand, expanding on that bullshit. Yeah. We'll we'll have uh, socials and uh, all the medias put up for you guys uh, yep. by the time this episode airs for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. We'll have a uh, we'll also have a uh, email for you guys to contact, uh, whether it be like topics you want us to discuss or like uh, you know, questions or ideas or, you know, uh, like you said, the platforms you'd like us to be on for your you know, listening pleasure. Because it's for us, like we're both techie guys. It's not hard for us to copy an RSS feed and paste it somewhere else. Yep. So. Yep. And uh, be on be on the lookout for uh, some kind of community. I don't know if that's Discord or Patreon or whatever it is, but uh, we would like to build out somewhere that you know you guys can interact with us and we can interact with you. Um, so be on the lookout for that like I said typical YouTuber spiel smash the like button subscribe links are in the description all that other generic stuff um, really thank you guys for joining it was a blast like I said yep. uh, I'm Polly. and I'm one. one until next time guys this, this has been regular people y'all have a great weekend later <laughs>